CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, yeah, yo. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode, a very special episode, actually, uh, of the Gypsy Tales podcast on location here in Auckland for uh, the Supercross, which is going down tomorrow morning. Uh, But before we get stuck into that, uh, I was lucky enough to have Josh Hill uh, head into our Airbnb and sit down the night before the race for a really, really epic podcast. Uh, Josh is a guy that I have wanted to have on the podcast basically since I started it just because I, I didn't really know him that well. I like, I literally went to parties at his house and I was sort of around a bunch like when he was uh, killing it in the 450 class that crazy year where he was tied with Dungey for the points lead. I sort of didn't have that much to do with him, but I, I was like, I even said, like, I was sort of always one of those guys that like had an opinion, like, I just wish this dude would like get it together or whatever. Um, but to sit there and to listen to his story and like what he went through from, you know, just eat, like just stuff down to even like his parents and where he grew up. And it's like, it, it just, it makes sense, you know, like it's, it'd be gnarly to be that good at racing a dirt bike at that young and have everything that he had and the opportunities. And, and you know, there's so many guys that sort of, yeah, fuck this, do a different one. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for a special edition of the Gypsy Tales podcast on location at uh, the Auckland Supercross, which goes down in the morning. Uh, But before we go racing, uh, I was lucky enough to have Josh Hill join me in uh, our Airbnb for a really sick episode of the podcast. Uh, Since day one, since I started this thing, Hill has been a guy that I really wanted to get on the podcast. I didn't have a lot to do with him when I was in America, but I had a lot to do with his little brother, uh, who's an absolute stand-up dude. Um, and I just think Hill's had one of like the craziest, uh, the craziest stories in motocross ever. Like way, way, way up there. Um, and like he says in the podcast, he's experienced the the highest peaks and the lowest valleys of of what this sport has to offer. Um, and is at 30 years old, just killing it. And maybe now just coming into his own. Uh, so it was a really, really rad podcast. He's a fucking good dude. Um, and I, yeah, I feel lucky that, uh, that he, that he made the trip to, to do it. Um, just want to give a shout out to our rad sponsors that make this happen. Firstly, the guys at MX Store. Um, just want to say a quick congratulations to those guys on their new uh, their new facility in Burley. They've uh, just been doing some crazy sales as well. Um, really giving back 
to the Moto community. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to those guys. You can head to mxstore.com.au. You can basically get anything and everything for your dirt bike from those guys. And then you can also head into their new showroom in Burley, um, which the address is on their website. Uh, we've got a really cool project coming up with them on this New Zealand trip to go with their Ride More uh, initiative that they have launched. Uh, so look, be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, got to give a shout out to the guys at Boost Mobile. Uh, huge supporters of the sport. They big sponsors of the uh, the Melbourne event. They sponsors sponsor guys like Chad Reed. They sponsor us. Uh, they do a lot for this sport. Uh, so if you want to support the podcast in any way, supporting our sponsors is a great way to do it. And not only that, you'll get basically the best prepaid uh, package in Australia. So just log on to boost.com.au for more info. Uh, also got to give a shout out to the guys at Nobby Underwear. Uh, Rob and Ash are, they're the homies. And we're doing this in Rob's Airbnb. So he take, took care of, uh, literally took care of the location for this podcast. You can head to nobby.com. They have some crazy stuff coming out. We've got like water bottles. I've got um, some new merch stuff coming out. And as always, you can just sign up. For the Undy Club, $20 a month, you get a new pair, a new design every month to your door. It's as easy as that. You'll never have to think about underwear ever again. Uh, also, last sponsor. It's been a long one, but uh, these guys really make it happen for us. Uh, the guys at Rival Inc., uh, you know for sure about their ridiculously rad graphics kits that they do at rivalinkdesignco.com but what you might not know is that they also do some of the cleanest jersey prints in the game Uh, if you follow us on instagram at gypsy tales podcast you would have already seen uh, my new fox gear that i'm wearing for this uh shoot with townley next week um took it up to the dudes at rival and they pimped it out it's the first time i've ever had like logos on my jersey so pretty stoked about it uh so you can head to www.rivalinkdesignco.com put in the code gypsy gang and you will get 15 percent off your order all right that's it thank you everybody for listening really looking forward to the content that we have coming up and once again a massive thanks to josh hill legend of the game all right, Josh Hill, should we try and record this podcast again? Let's do it. How long do you reckon we just did? Like, we only got a few minutes in, eh? Yeah, probably like 10 minutes. <sighs> it's not too bad. Doesn't happen often. This is the first, uh, this is my first away game with this new setup. So, at least I got to do it. I mean, my schedule is just too packed and your schedule is packed. I mean, I wish I could just go up to the Gold Coast and yeah. chill, but I'm, I'm pretty full on while I'm out here. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that would have, uh, I, I definitely want to want to get as many people in there like as we can just because it's a like it's just like a different experience but this is i mean fuck you just got to do it when you can do it i'd rather have the rather have the podcast than not right but maybe maybe another time i'll make it up there and we can re- rehash it dude um you've come how many times have you come to australia to race now this is my third time like i went i just did the full season in 2013 yeah with just like a privateer effort with the Hart Huntington Australia guys, like yeah, Kale Wallace. That's right. Yeah. And Dude, uh, that's a trip. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh I mean sh- we should have won that, really. I mean, if you I mean the last race kinda was it was I mean, I got ripped, I feel like, but besides oh, what, that was that the Mossy thing? Yeah, yeah. Dude, re retell that. I completely forgot about all of that. Well, so I mean just the season started off, like I, I showed up and kinda thought like we we're gonna have a 
like a factory effort a little bit like because i was on rch back in the states yeah and kenny watson lined it all up and uh basically i got out and they just like bought a bike sent it to pro circuit which pro circuit didn't do our stuff then like yeah you know and then like just sent over some a kit suspension and then like we had a trailer like that we went to the races with which you know, Kale Wallace was just the H and H importer. Yeah, and you know, literally never run a race team. Yeah, I mean, he helped out some people. Like, yeah. you know, he did. He did run a race team, but not like what I guess I was accustomed to. Yeah. So if I would have known that going in, I could have like planned it out a little better. But I just kind of showed up, and we had a, a guy who was like a he was a car mechanic was my mechanic. Yeah, right. And like the first round, he like everything was going good, and then for the main, he put my clutch in wrong. And then for the second, this was in Darwin too, it was like a hundred degrees out. And then for the second main, he forgot to tighten my axle. And so like the first two rounds were just a wash them in this big hole and then won a bunch. And then we came into the, and like won a bunch, got into the points lead only in like, what it was like seven rounds. I think yeah. I won every one, maybe got one second or something from then on out. And then final round, I just had to finish behind Mossy and would have had the championship and, uh, well, Jake decided to cut through the infield and uh, and just clean me out. Like I just passed him as clean as could be and just wanted to just race. And yeah. he just landed, ripped inside the tough blocks and just teed me up straight. You know, I just you, know, you let your guard down. Like oh, I covered the inside as tight as I possibly could have, and then just bam. Fuck. And like, <laughs> what do you do? Like what you know? It's like you can't do anything different in that situation, right? I don't think I could have done anything. I did it so good. Like I, the whole weekend, I was on point. I had it. I was like, I was way faster. I mean, well, we wasn't even like really battling all season. I just gave myself a points deficit in the beginning. Yeah. So it was whatever. I wouldn't even got a bonus for winning. If I would have got a bonus for winning the championship, I would have been like, you would have been pissed. heated. Yeah. But I just kind of brushed it off, and it was whatever. I mean. I don't think you ever beat me again. <laughs> <laughs> that's so gnarly. Dude, I completely forgot about that. Dude, that's one of those things where it's like, I always said it even before Matt and Jake went to America. I was like, especially in the lights class, because you used to get a ton of the US dudes come over. And I was like, dude, come here and try and beat them. But like, they just, they felt like unbeatable in Australia, especially because there was two of the motherfuckers and they would like <laughs> clean anyone. It was like, it's a big ask to come to Australia and race the Moss Brothers, regardless of how fast they're going. Yeah, they, uh, and that proved that shit. They're, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. They were, they were far, they were a formidable opponent for sure, you know, <laughs> like dealing with both of them. You'd be in practice and like, oh. they'd go out and set the fast lap. Then you have to like deal with two of them, like trying to slow you up while, while you'd put in a fast lap in practice. I mean, it was funny, but whatever. It was, you know, it's racing, and you learn from it, and you know, so that's how some people are racing. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a game. It's a way of life. It's a sport. It's full contact. It is what it is. I mean, I think in, if it was in the states and somebody came through and missed, you know, cut through the infield and cleaned you out, at least like that person would get DQ'd. But yeah, you know, but whatever. Can you imagine if you did it, being the American? Oh, I would have got Bro. destroyed. Yeah, it would have been a riot. Be. But hey, <laughs> you know, we're visitors here. We're guests. So I mean. I still loved my time here. I stayed with Cade Mosig the whole time. and Gee. Oh, man, his whole family looked after me, and Cade yeah. was just the coolest dude ever. Like, I really hope I get to see him while I'm over here. Um, yeah, you should, right? He'll be floating around. Yeah, he's, he's close by. Gotta just, oh, I, I just got to take time he and moved, go see him. They moved to the Goldie, didn't they? I think he's back in Melbourne. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sick. But, like, got to hang out with him. And, um, you know, actually, that's how I got to meet, like, the CDR guys because he was riding for him. Oh. And so I got to know, like, Brad and Daka and, you know, yeah. just kind of just, just from hanging around Cade. And then, um, yeah, Lee Hogan was helping me out like during the, you know, a little bit, just like coming to the track and helping me out. Like, yeah. It was just a really cool deal. So, I mean, I loved it. It was a good time. So 
then you did the first time was the H and H team, and then this what was the I just did management. I came over for management. Oh, okay. And that was actually like after. So I pretty much hadn't. I didn't re- announce my retirement, but I was like I had accepted a job at Monster. Like I crashed mm. at Daytona after after all the backflip, all the stuff. I I came back and you know it was it was going pretty yeah, you good. You were doing pretty good, right? And then. Um, Roxon went over to RCH and that kind of took like that that mm. took my spot and um, so I was riding a private I couldn't get anything together I thought I was gonna have a pro circuit 450 ride I thought maybe we could work something out because I was yeah. riding uh, Mitch was helping me out all through the off season yeah and um, you know then I got this little Yamaha deal and I just had no time to get used to it and didn't really put in good results and then at Daytona I tried this big double that wasn't a double <laughs> and. I mean, I was riding really good, but I just clipped it and just went over the bars and collapsed both my lungs and ripped my collarbone, uh, the plate off my collarbone, like snapped it, ripped it off, broke like almost my whole rib cage on one side. Had to like, had to drive myself home from Daytona, Florida because I couldn't fly after that. And like, it was just like, I was over it. And then I didn't even even touch a dirt bike and got a call to go race Manjimup. And I want yeah, that sounds cool. Like what? And I just didn't practice. I just showed up and raced. And like, I I actually did pretty good. Like, <laughs> like I I did not bad really. All said and done, but I, it was really cool. Like, Western Australia is sick. Got to meet uh, one of my buddies. Just is like a surfer that lives out there, and he picked oh, me up. That? And uh, he's just a buddy. Like, he's yeah, not in the like yeah, yeah. He's yeah, just yeah. a buddy. Like, he used to come out to um, to California and hang with yeah. us and stuff. And I went and visited him. And we went and rode his rode his bikes all along the beach and watched him surf. And it was just I loved it out there. It was nice. Yeah, dude, that race is like underrated. I feel because they Pretty get sick. big dudes there every year. And a lot of times, like even not that I guess for the last couple of years, maybe it's like I'll go, oh damn, like I didn't even know they were here. Like I feel like that race could be super big. Cause it's a cool ass track. Like the vibe's cool. They like pay good prize money. Yeah, I mean the locals love it, man. Yeah. They go nuts. Like, yeah, it's a cool deal. Like, my, I had a blast, and just the the beach and the coastline, just the out out there, it's beautiful too. Like, it was just cool to see a different, you know, different side of things. You've always been the kind of dude that it seems like that love to do the whole travel thing, and like you were you just not the dude that wanted to like have a routine and just stay in the grind like a dirt was a dirt bike more of just like a fun thing for you even when you were racing yeah i mean i just love riding like and it's funny i'm 30 now and probably been hurt more than just about anybody and i love it right now more than i've ever loved it my whole life but that was for me like it was a little bit different than you know now it's like you got like alden baker you know you got like the, the baker yeah. factory you got like club mx you got all these places where you can just basically like just you show up there and they're gonna make you into a into a factory champion and back in the day there really wasn't like a blueprint for it you know mm. you just kind of like what worked for me i thought was you know obviously when i had off time and i wasn't in the middle of the season i'd train you know and try to build a base and mm. when i was a kid i mean my dad would make me just put on hoodies and jackets and thermals and go run in the middle of the summer and just run up hills and i mean i trained so hard as a kid and then like i never got tired like ever when i rode so i'd always feel like mm. why am i training like i don't i don't get tired so then I just started, then I, like, as I went pro, I just started just riding all the time. Like, like back in, like when me and J-Law were real close, like we would just go, like we'd ride super cross in the morning, like Rhino was our trainer and we'd ride super cross in the morning and we'd go do a little bit in the gym with Rhino and then we'd come back and I had a, we had pit bike tracks everywhere yeah. or we, or we had our own personal bikes that we bought 
and we'd go ride like star west at night and then we just we just keep doing that like the amount of riding that i did when i was like 18 to you know like or let's say 17 to till until i got hurt was like i don't think anybody rode as much as i did really i just loved riding Dude, uh, Ty Simmons was like that. Did you ever meet Ty when he yeah. went out in America? Yeah. That motherfucker just rode, bro. And, like, Nate would... Because the teams in America, they like you to have a structure. Like, that's not what those guys like you to do. They like to set the time that you're at the track, and then it sort of is like a job in that sense, eh? It's like everyone on the team's like, all right, we're at the track at nine, and then you get there, then you go have lunch, the guys go back and watch the bikes, and then it's like the rest of the day is yours to do whatever. But, like, they planned your riding, and you didn't really go outside that. And I mean, I get it. And especially like as the bikes get more technical and they get more just like, you know, mm, expensive to point. run. And like, you know, you're, you're basically, if you're on a 250 team, like, and you have a good bike, that bike's got a, a time limit of 10 hours. Mm. And then you got to redo that. And in the middle of that 10 hours, like you have to be keeping up on all the maintenance to keep it, to let it run for 10 yeah. hours. Like they're running them so high at the, just the, the peak of power and just, you know, just on the verge of being unstable that you, you kind of have to be like that now. Yeah. Like you can't just, you can't just uh, wing it anymore. You know, like that where, yeah, I don't know. That was a cool thing about, I always just had like a stock 450. Yeah. And then I, that was my bike that I would just take and it have like not motocross suspension, not supercross suspension, like somewhere in the mix. And yeah. I just ride it on everything. Dude, Hanny used to do that a lot. Yeah. Like Hanny only had like one set of suspension and he'd do it for like, he'd ride supercross on it and then he'd ride outdoor stuff on it and like, I remember going to parlor a couple of times with him like, well, it's like rough. And he had like full soupy stuff and he was like, dude, I just don't give a fuck. Like, I just want to come ride. Yeah, just ride. I mean, look at him now. Like, that guy loves riding dirt bikes just as much as anybody. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. As we get older, like, I'll talk to Josh and I'm just like, yeah, we just talk about how much we love riding. It's so funny. Like, you get past all the cool, the cool guy stuff or this, like, any, you know, just yeah. trying to be sweet or these sponsors and it just it gets back to just your love for you know what we grew up doing well anyone that follows you on instagram right now it's like you literally ride every fucking motorcycle <laughs> that exists bro like the hill climb deal the fucking whatever that little weird mountain bike is the, <laughs> the fucking tesla bike that you've got like it's so sick like you look like a grom now dude <laughs> I, i'd love it man I mean, yeah hill climbs snow bikes dude snow super bikes, cross super cross motocross e-bikes like I took this thing out the other day. It's like a mountain bike. It's an electric mountain bike scooter. Yeah, dude. And the thing is so fun. You like, wanted it too, right? No, no. That that was like, it's like a, that's a Kuberg free rider. That thing's like a. <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> what are these things? Yeah, I just like, well, when I did the Alta thing, like, so I just seen Altas. Like, I seen the, the, the picture of them come out. I was like, that thing real? Like, that thing's sick. And um, I was living in San Clemente and, um, with uh gage shears um yeah, parents place yeah, yeah yeah so with with dylan shear and we would like sneak out and go ride our dirt bikes in the trails and stuff around there and uh i seen this bike i gotta reach out to these people i gotta try this thing so i just hit him up like hey what's going on I'm josh like i you know i think i could maybe like you know get your you know get some eyes on your bike you think i could set up a test ride like i just reached out to him that way that's like, so like customer service email like instagram Cause I just thought that is the sickest thing. Like I can go ride anywhere and not get in trouble, like not get chased out. Yeah. Unless I'm creating dust and you know, doing it that way, nobody's gonna get mad. Yeah. So reached out to them and then, you know, I never, really, I just wanted to ride the thing and then they kind of came to me like, hey, you, we, we really want you to race some um, Red Bull Straight Rhythm. 
and that thing was nowhere near ready like really it had a good power band but like it still had like four cs forks or something yeah because like, they come out with like really ghetto forks and at the, the, start, eh? the first sets of suspension the first like we took it out and they brought us this the suspension that they built in-house and the first jump suspension blew apart like just we went straight spring just whoosh, whoosh, like second they got oh we got some different we got this second set same thing third set same thing then we get suspension on it and that's good and then like i start ripping on it and then i come into the whoops for the first time blow the chain off like just wow. about die and then we're like okay we will fix that you know like we had to just tote and we i i was working at monster so I would like literally I had vacation days and I'd be like hey I'm gonna take a vacation day I'm gonna go mess around dude like, how fucked up was that it, having to tell someone that you were gonna take a vacation day I, lo- I loved my job at Monster it was so good especially for me in the place I was like I wasn't complaining I felt so lucky to have that yeah like, so nah it, it's I mean yeah once I got the it itch it would've just been weird once I got the itch back yeah. then it was like a little bit of an in- inconvenience but I still loved it like but yeah. Anyways, so yeah, like I had zero time to get ready. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. And like when I showed up to do it, like yeah, th- then the next thing would be like on the hard landings, it, it would just shut off. Like I, one time I tripled onto a tabletop and went to step off and then like you can't hear it. It doesn't cut out. It yeah. just, there's no sound. It just like I twist the throttle and the thing just goes nowhere and just weigh it and just right over the bars. Is like, it harder to like brace for a crash? Does it make the crashes a bit more awkward because you don't have like a sound reference? I think I've only crashed like that like when I was like when I would be like when I was initially testing the bikes and fixing them and you just get like helping them brace it for supercross like we like our first like couple weeks together was like the only time I think I've ever crashed on those bikes like really I've never like seriously there's not a more reliable bike in the world than the Alta it's that's I don't insane, even want to tell bro. everybody that because then like they're gonna go buy up all the le- the leftover. Well, what's ones, the deal with them? Yeah, so they're done. They're done. Yeah. It, it, How heavy is that, man? Like, as a what bike has showed more potential than that bike in like, you know what I mean? That's such a that's such a crazy revolutionary thing. It's like, how does that go away? It's heartbreaking, but you know, somebody. The, the, I think the problem is is. Um, but they, they had some investors and then that you know I think they yeah. were planning on some things ha- I don't know yeah I don't I don't know what the whole deal Harley was I think Harley bought them at some point or some shit right? Harley was supposed to be partners but then I guess that uh, fell I, yeah. I'm not in the inside yeah. I, I never got a paycheck from those guys I just get all my information second hand and, and go through you know like so I, I just you, did I worked for them for equipment that's yeah. all it was like, so I'm, have you still got some? yeah fuck yeah cause like like what I my deal was I'll do these races for you I'll do this for you but you know give me a bike bike, give me a bike and we're good yeah and so that's how we worked it and then what was it like then to did you just see riding completely differently like what was it like to just like go through that like okay I can now do fucking everything (laughs) like that would have been pretty cool right yeah, yeah. When you're like a little kid and you drive and you're looking off the side of the road, like, yeah, yeah. oh, dude, what if you hit that? Like, that became reality. Like, then I was driving around, really, <laughs> literally, like, dude, I'm gonna go hit that. Like, and I would go do it. And, uh, I was hanging out with like Buttery a bunch back then. And yeah, like, that's right. You know, it's just you know, you got buddies that that they don't have a you know they don't have a nine to five jobs or you know whatever. You're just like, hey, let's let's go do this. It's gonna be sick. You want to film it? Like, that's how it worked and we just roam around doing fun stuff like just yeah hit up a couple buddies they have like Mulford or something and like hey let's go there's a street spot over here let's go hit like let's go do this and they're like just anybody whoever was free I just be like yeah let's go do this were you ever influenced from like skate films and shit when you were a kid because your dad was into BMX right I would I wouldn't say I was like extremely influenced by skate like I was just 
I, I loved riding BMX. Like BMX was my thing, and like I, I mean, obviously skate lifestyle like kind of just yeah. floats into everything. Like, I mean, that's the what, that's like the epitome of lifestyle and action sports, right? Yeah. Like skate. Like, I mean, at least the majority of people who look at it that I would way for sure. I think so. so. I mean, it, it definitely is one. It was of the really the first action sport. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's just uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely to see stuff and I just think it's cool I respect the hell out of it but for me I can't skate mm. so it's like kind of hard for me to wrap my head around you know like certain things but well BMX has the whole street thing too so yeah. like as a kid watching your dad and then like I'm sure you watch like BMX like uh, DVDs and shit or yeah. VHS is like it would have been crazy to like grow up watching that shit and then be able to do it on an altar so yeah like I had um, I don't know if I'm sure people that watch your, watch your deal know like Sean Mack he's just like he's from Oregon he's like he's got his own you know fit signature stuff like yeah, yeah. He, he's just a street guy he's one of the heaviest street guys of all time and he's a buddy of mine so like I oh, hit him shit. up like yo let's go do some stuff so he'd like take me around to spots and we'd just go like hang out and then like Hobie doing he's like up and coming big time like he's one of, he's like top dog in street in my opinion right now and he would come like I'd go roll around with him and like Trevi Siglox like I would link up with some like BMX Legit street BMX dudes. dudes and it's like we just kind of throw ideas around and I mean dirt bikes are really fun in skate parks but yeah. you like you got to be really good at like you got to be like a soup like if you're a dunes rider like you're not going to be good in a dirt bike in a skate park but if yeah. you're a super cross rider like you can see stuff through a whole different a whole different light and if you're on a gas bike like yeah right you like you might be able to hit it for like two seconds and then the cops are gonna be there yeah but on these electric bikes like kids think it's like think it's the sickest thing ever they stop what they're doing start cheering you on and now there's your new camera crew yeah <laughs> like it's funny man like I, it was just like almost like a social experience experiment riding, <laughs> riding those electric bikes because you know if you did this stuff on a gas powered bike like people would be going nuts you'd be like running from the cops yeah. it would be just this whole deal but then you take away that allow that loud aggressive just annoying sound which i love it if i'm in an empty field i love yeah. hearing a bike bark but if i'm in the middle of a city that's an annoyance yeah. and i don't care who you are yeah but then like now you got like a, like an old dude like 60 year old dude walking his dog and like he'll come up and like see me hitting a jump and he'll stop and he was like that's pretty cool like <laughs> totally different reaction so I was, yeah, that, that was just like, it was just opened up a whole new world for me. And I just loved it. And I still do. I kind of almost just like pick my days now on like what I'm going to do. Cause like, I don't want to just blow it out. You know, yeah. like I've got some ideas and I'm sure there's going to be more stuff and I just want to get it, you know, get it out there just right. There'll be more, there'll be more electric dirt biking, you know, street, yeah, urban, whatever you want to call it. Like, I mean just having fun basically just ride where you're not supposed to or where you where you weren't allowed before, to yeah, before yeah i mean even even like because they're not in every you know and every kid doesn't have one like even the cops are just kind of like whoa hey what is that you yeah, know like that thing's cool wait cool. hey, well yeah. well hey yeah there's kids here like you, you know you're gonna you might hurt somebody don't you know take it out of here like that's the reaction i get even from like police so yeah you know, if I when I see him, I like stop to talk to him. Like, yo, hey, how you doing? Like, yeah. And they scratch their head. Then that's for me. It's just fun, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a wheelie boy. Yeah. I'm not trying to be out there like disturbing the peace. Like, I don't have to. Yeah. Like, I not only to give moto motocross a bad name, like everybody be happy and just go do some cool, fun stuff. It's crazy too that that coincided with Instagram, because it seemed like you and Axel 
were like the first sort of two new school dudes that like really I guess Berriman too is yeah, actually Berriman another like sure. you can't leave out the homie yeah. Um, but yeah like he like you guys were like this new wave of dudes that like did this super specific Instagram content buttery also was like maybe one of the kind of pioneers of that new school shit and it's like but all this other cool shit coincided with uh the whole Instagram thing like Best Whip and then the electric bikes and then Buttery doing what like his stuff <laughs> his and, own thing you yeah. know what I mean like all of these little like sex kind of broke off right around the time that Instagram was blowing up and then it's like it's crazy that you almost got like a second like a rebirth of your career through that shit right I, yeah I guess like I mean I was just kind of like so yeah like Axel was the he's a little homie man like love that kid he's just like he was so just he's just talented like yeah. you watch him he just oozes talent he has like sick style and he the racing wasn't going good for him and he was about to be like left by the wayside and you know because there's so many axel like kids like yeah. axel that are just like insanely talented but just when it comes down to to make or break in supercross like the a lot of these kids just get you know dad burns out of money shit. or they're burnt and everybody just forgets about him and axel is probably the first guy him and Beerman are the probably the first two kids to like just get the attention of everybody that like hey yeah we we're not racers but we're free riders like yeah. we're not doing double backflips but we can do some of the coolest stuff ever it's almost kind of like it came back to like the old school like the first dudes that like, weren't doing tricks and shit yeah, but they, they were, were still just sending big stuff and pushing the envelope and then like we'd go out and we'd do like doonies and then like you know, it got to the point where, like, you know, me and Axel and Beerman, like, we would show up, like, who's going to go the biggest today? Like, you know, and we'd be just sending the craziest stuff. And it was it was so rad because we just all pushed each other and pushed each other and fed off each other. And everybody yeah. was everybody was homies. And it was just it was really cool. And it was something special for sure. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely taken off. I mean, like, Axel, like, he he pretty much runs Instagram now in the moto world, huh? Gnarly, dude. Yeah. It's fuck. Yeah, it's so heavy. Isn't it funny, too, that, like, you, Axel, Berriman, are, like, the super fucking talented, super cruisy, laid-back dudes, and, like, Hanson's in there, J-Law was in there. It's like, you guys find yourselves together. And then the Dungies and the Baggots and the Tickles and the those dudes find themselves together. Like, have you ever thought about that? It's kind of weird how it's like shit breaks off into like these little groups, right? It's, it's way funny. Yeah, Hanson was left out of that equation. Hanson was like, you had like Twitch that kind of set, the, like made free ride again. Like Twitch brought yeah. it back like 100% and you know, like Potter and Twitch and uh, like Wes AG. But then you had Hanson who stepped in, like just started just making everything just look Greasy. so <laughs> sick. Like he would just, you know, he just took it up a notch and then, yeah. And now I think like I think he took it to a place like up here, and then like everybody else started doing it. And then he's kind of like, eh, nah, like that's I mean, old. Yeah. That's old. Like I'm onto something new. Now he just now he just goes fast as hell and just hits every jump like this. <laughs> <laughs> just like he does this new thing where he just flies through the air like almost, talking, like bro. endowing and then just like. Eh. <laughs> I've seen a bit of that over the triple from you today. Uh, not as heavy as no, me, not like him. He takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, but. No, it's cool. I mean, it was just it was just such a fun time, and it, you know, like I think it you know at first it was it was cool because you know Axel and me would go out, and I, I kind of would do I I could get out of work to go ride with Axel. Yeah, you know, yeah, like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go push Axel. Like I'm gonna go like you know, and so I would just push Axel out of his out of his comfort zone, and then now his comfort zone is 
his, crazy his shit. crazy high like yeah. he was he's yeah he's good so could you see him like the time that you spent hanging out with him could you see like a real heavy progression with him oh yeah like yeah. he like he really stepped it up like it was noticeable i think he just like i you know he had like the best people around him he had like mcgrath you know like jeremy mcgrath is yeah. you know was like his next like his neighbor like that's who he rode with when he was like six years old because his dad and him are buddies and and he's a family friend and then like so you got like a guy like that like you know giving you your fundamentals mm. you know and just is for fun and he always just he always just grew up riding he never really raced and then he came out i think he won his one he of, won, a he won right. like in mammoth on his super mini like his very first like real race i think he won like a qualifier or something like yeah. in mammoth like kids really talented but yeah like i would when he his his last couple of years amateur and like started going out and riding and then he started like you know just cranking real big whips and getting him to hit some technical stuff because at first we were kind of like trying to get him into supercross like mm. go, go, you know so he would you know try to teach him how to skim whoops and he didn't really like whoops but he would hit any rhythm section like he's he's got the jumps for sure yeah 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 it's um yeah i just find it so interesting the way that that whole deal is sort of like you the free ride dudes you know because like i always thought that and you met like you mentioned jdr before like the that uh, sorry the the dream ride videos before yeah. that's sort of one of the things we were trying to do like me and jay that owned uh the team we were like we're mad surfers and i was like dude like you've got rip curl the search you've got all these like all of these like film trips where these guys go away i was like there's no travel element in moto there's no like dudes that like there's guys that quit um doing the contest to go and just on these film trips and surf and i was like it just sort of doesn't exist in moto and like twitch would do it but to the glamis and ocotillo and like those kind of free ride spots but I, that was our goal was like we, i want to go somewhere crazy so that it looks kind of like how surfing is in a way but now it's happened with you guys but in a i guess a bit of a different way well your video is insane like that was one you'd watch and just like it just it, everything was so polished and it just every it looked like a, so foreign like i still like didn't even know until i talked to you tonight where it was filmed it was mm, just a secret cool. location you're like scratching where is that like which that's to me that's what's intriguing for a video you need that that spark that something new and yeah i mean i wish there was more riding trips i wish more guys just got along and like worked together and did more cool stuff mm. you know it's just sometimes it's hard to drop egos and drop this and worried about who's gonna look the best you know or which is gonna you know what place is gonna suit this guy the best yeah you know, it's just one of those things but yeah well it definitely i wish i wish we all got together and did more stuff like when we were doing the dooney stuff like that was really fun and we would really just push the envelope of what what was going down in the dunes i mean i didn't even really seen a dude whip it in the dunes before he started going out there mm. and then beerman just one time just threw the most at the first one just threw the most insane whip i mean just like turn ups like that was like the first time you've seen like a 200 foot turn up like that yeah true right like we were tripping and he was like you know like an inch off the top of this dune that he, it was like almost like a triple and he had to get barely get over the top of this wow really if, i mean it was nuts like if he would have just been off a touch he would have just cartwheeled like that's a huge crash the biggest ragdoll ever <laughs> and he pulled it it was just and then it just kept it just kept every time you show up like oh it's gonna be gnarly dude i got a i got one of them facebook memories uh like two weeks ago of me berriman and ryan walters uh at bremen georgia nine years ago we did a trip for verb called eastbound and down 
and we like drove across in the from California to Atlanta in the van. That was nine years ago, dude. That's how long Berriman's been on that fucking grind to get to where he is now. Like, and you see so many people, they like they'll come across him recently as he starts blowing up, and then everyone's like, "Look at what these fucking guys get." But that's it's like you don't know that this dude's been at this shit for like literally nine years. He stopped racing basically to like kind of he believed that this day would come and it's fucking cool to see that it's actually here he i mean he did it from the dirt he did it on his own like he was he tried to race he i mean he paid his dues though and went and did a supercross season you know yep. like, Berman's tried and he, he's just always pushed he's just always been that guy that everybody likes too like mm. everybody gets along with him he's just a nice dude sends it on a bike and you know who doesn't want to film with him like he's just but he you know you know he might have had a little you know he might have had a little help from dudes like you know like twitch just yeah. because twitch believed in him because they like kind of co-signed him in a way you know yeah, yeah. but you needed you had you to because yeah, he was yeah. like this cool racer kid that just like would go send it i mean you what are you gonna do not put him in the video yeah like True, but huh? you know like he he really brought it up you know on his own one hunt like completely organically and it's sick to see him and thing about him too that over the last couple of years i've realized is like when it's a competition like that dude steps up too yeah you like that whippy through at x games this year yeah like, i mean even at monster committed. cup a little bit ago like i mean i couldn't really see it i seen it from a distance but some of the stuff i was seeing i was, couldn't believe how you know he throws some big whips mm. and he and he always lays it down when it's time like also too like with the quarter pipe thing like i think he got a quarter pipe to practice on this year but before that like i think like Axel and Raha were the only guys that Ooh. had a quarter pipe to practice on. And Beerman would just show up and just be like, all right. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I guess we'll do like it. he invented that style of hitting it straight up and down like that morning. Like, he's just <laughs> like, okay, yep, today's the contest. I'm just going to hit it straight wide open, see what happens. Like, because I was impressed by that because I, I was sitting there, I didn't practice, and I was going about 20 feet, and I'm all, yeah, no, I'm cool. I don't want to go any higher. Did that, you know, <laughs> I said to when we did the um, Corey Creed podcast, that's what, one of the things I said. I was like, you know how I know that this shit is like gnarly as fuck? Is that Josh Hill doesn't really go that high? That's how you know it's gnarly because you are fucking gnarly, dude. <laughs> it's almost like demoralizing though. It's like now, especially because now, like you know, Creed practices on it, and yeah. like Beerman's practicing, and Axel and Raha, and like I only get the call because if somebody backs out, like, I, and then I go and I like I don't have a ramp to practice on. And I just show up and I go there. And at first, like the first every year I've done it, I've never practiced. I just show up, like, because somebody's hurt and nobody wants to hit the ramp. <laughs> because <laughs> it's that gnarly like nobody wants to hit the ramp so I get it I get in by default and then like the first year I almost got third and I was actually still the monster TM and I had like <laughs> I was up all night the night before and you know because we had her party the night before so I mean like it just that was it was my job and then like okay <laughs> go suit up and go do this and I almost got third I was like six inches off and because I think at that point, nobody was going that high. Like Raha yeah. was like, okay, Raha is probably going to win, you know? And mm. then, uh, and then it was, it was up for grabs, but now it's like, okay, I could go hit this thing like way higher than I'm ever comfortable with. And I'm probably going to get like a clean fifth. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just yeah. is demoralizing. It'll risk my life for a fucking six or a fifth. Yeah. I mean, it's something if I, I wish I had one in my backyard and I could yeah. practice it and get the feeling down. Cause I want to do it. Like I want to do it like Beerman. When Beerman hits that thing, he makes it look like everybody else to be, to me makes it look like the most frightening thing on earth. Yeah. But Beerman somehow makes it look like mellow. Creed hits it good too. Now like, 
Creed hits it solid. And and but like even Raha, like he hits it and like I'm just like, oh like, like I tense my bars like yeah. when I'm watching. But somehow Berryman he like he hasn't won it, but he makes it look the most fun. Mm. He <laughs> may, he's just the I think that's why he's so followed is because it's like if you wanna look at a dude and I think you're the same, Hanny's the same. It's like if you wanna look at a dude that makes you wanna ride even though you suck at riding like you guys can get th- that person fired up like I, I'm like I got no style but it's like I look at you guys I'm like fuck yeah like that it actually makes you want to go and yeah. I think that's why you guys have all got like the crazy following I don't know what it is I mean I don't know I don't know what makes Instagram tick like <laughs> <laughs> there's I've something thought about it there's <laughs> some people put a lot of time into figuring out what in- makes Instagram tick and then I think by the time you figured it out it's on it's to something changed, new like yeah. yeah then you're just you're just following a train I don't know sometimes you just get lucky like like I think my biggest video is me just riding electric bikes with my buddy Scott Craniac where we just sent some big jump but it was just a road in LA and we just launched it probably like 150 feet <laughs> so and I mean it was just like a, it was nothing it was the easiest you know it was super easy like not really dangerous other than maybe a car could come and kill us but we yeah. had a buddy scouting and, and that thing got like just millions of views dude think how different like that is so that scenario you've got like buddies on the road scouting and then you're like fucking lining up a ramp in a road in downtown LA compare that to like your first day testing with (laughs) Yamaha at the super like (laughs) but essentially it's the same shit like you just that's your thing that you're doing on a dirt bike but it's like what a fucking difference 10 years can make it's it's wild I mean we were kind of doing the same stuff when we were but but we'd be doing it on pit bikes you know like we'd be just like going and you know finding an empty lot somewhere and building a sick pit bike track until we got kicked out of there or something like it was just that's what it was just fun dude but what a difference though like literally if someone like if someone said dude in fucking let's say it's 10 years they're like hey man in 10 years your day like your day of testing will be like dude stopping cars so that you can send a gap in LA for Instagram you'll be like get the fuck out of here dude. Yeah. I'd be pumped for it though I'd <laughs> yeah. be in I'm like there ain't nothing more fun than like a good day like the the funnest days like probably the funnest day I've ever been like around dirt bikes was like my buddy Scranny like I don't know if anybody some people out there probably follow him he uh so his dad actually was the uh was the M in L and M racing? Uh-huh. So his he's Scott Craniac, he's his son. But he was kind of like the uh, he wasn't really around much. Like he wasn't like really he rode and stuff. But he's just like this insanely talented guy. Like he's on Sports Center because he's like he made the top ten in Sports Center because he was surfing his his dirt bike and caught a caught a, uh, a a catch with a football behind his back like while <laughs> surfing a dirt bike and then like slam dunks it and then. Like he just does the most off the wall stuff and he's my favorite person to be around. And he's like kind of, he's like my biggest inspiration and all that kind of stuff. And my favorite person to be around. Like when I snapped my wrist, uh, getting ready for monster cup, I was bored and I'm like, all right, dude, you're taking my Alta. We're going to go do just film you like whatever you want to (laughs) do. Me and the boys are coming up to film and edit with you. And it was the funnest thing ever. Like the guy, you get more hyped, like he, like he's jumping freeways and stuff yeah. like in the middle of the day in traffic like with us just like stopping and it's three buddies with cameras just like <laughs> super janky like he ripped into a he ripped into a go-kart track that was it was like a 
I don't know what they call them. I don't know if they have them over here, but it's like a putt-putt golf. Yeah, and like, like mini golf. Mini golf, go-kart track slash little water park, like kiddie zone area. Yeah. And he just rolls in like through the main gate, rides in, rolls up to the go-kart track, rips a start, does two <laughs> laps and peels out in the middle of the day while in business hours. <laughs> like just the stuff that he's thinking of, like when you give him like that electric bike, like I've never had so much fun. We got, he did this jump at a school during school hours <laughs> like it, it was like a, it was just a set of stairs that go up and a tabletop and a set of stairs that come down and he's just like yeah let's go I'm like it's school hours like well nobody's outside it just hits it and then like kids are just coming out like whoa then the cops like he just right I'm like go go the cops like we kind of pull out of the, the deal and the cop follows me for a couple of miles and pulls me over and he's all uh you know, what, what's going on with the we have it on film somewhere too but we never released it but what's going on with the dirt biker I just watched him what do you mean that was sick <laughs> like, why do you got tied out uh, we, we ride too <laughs> dude that's one of those like, like it's like you, you could write a movie on it like the amount of fun that we had in two days just being playing around with these harmless toys you know if you yeah. know what you're doing it's so much fun did you so what you haven't done anything with that footage no, it's online somewhere. Uh, I think Buttery posted it. Oh, I see. But, like, it's it's kind of a dumbed-down version. Like, he wanted to finish. Like, uh, he's got the most insane ideas. Scott Craniac, if you guys look him up on Instagram, maybe we'll get him to post again. He hasn't posted in, like, a year. But he's the most insanely talented guy in everything. He can juggle. He can, like, just, just like, the, the stuff he thinks of is just a whole other human being. He's That's not, so cool, dude. Yeah. But do you think that some of the reason why you guys are so good with that shit is that you kind of grew up in like the the heyday of the verb era or like moto playground like shit was fucking cool for amateurs and there was so much like filming and content going down like it's sort of not like that now like what the fuck edit have you seen of chase sexton or you know like it's not the same as it was when you guys were coming up well now everybody just does it themselves you know, mm, like so now it's like the kids that like it might not be the best kid at riding, but he's got like his best. He's got the best boys around him to like yeah. catch, like film him riding. Yeah, that's true. I it's, guess there's just like no central place for it now. It's like you've got to like find the shit to follow. Yeah, you got to like follow the kids and follow like what's what's happening. You know, like verb and stuff. That was it was cool. Like but I, I grew up in Oregon. I was like out of the. I, uh, I was such a like the I wish that if I had Instagram around when when I was a kid like my dad would have definitely made me famous like if we would have filmed <laughs> the stuff that my dad had me doing like it was yeah we like I hit some of the biggest jumps ever on 80s like dude that's actually like literally as you were saying that I'm thinking fuck mini warriors <laughs> like dude you were sending <laughs> shit was that on a KX80 I right? was 11 like fuck, 11 bro. years old then like yeah and yeah my dad's like we, my dad built this just big jump at our buddy's property. It was like a hundred foot, just straight gap. He had to come off this downhill and jump a berm <laughs> and hit it. And it was like, but he built, I think he built it like 85 feet first and it was still big. It was like, you know, taller than a supercross triple face and, you know, just big, massive gap. And then like I hit it and I overshot. He's oh, okay. He's all, yeah. You, all right, I'm gonna make it bigger. <laughs> you know, like, so he pushed it out and then we just kept pushing it out until it was like, until my bike was just maxed. You know, like, and then that's I, so then I fucking jumped, heavy. I jumped it, and the guys are like, they're all, hey, there's that old bus. Like, he could clear that thing. And my, and my dad's like, you gonna put him on the cover? And, uh, you know, if he jumps the bus, put him on the cover. He's like, all right. 
<laughs> just goes your dad grabs, straight hustling grabs man. the kill oh, my dad was a pro bmx rider yeah. in the, in the eight, like my dad apparently invented the turndown on bmx no shit that's i mean that's if, the story if you, if a lot of people back it up that i've talked to in the industry and bmx back it up so like he's legit like he can still go hit a quarter pipe and go like six seven feet out on this like is eight foot like his old like ramp quarter pipes that like his trailer no ones that are eight feet wide and eight feet tall like he can still just air them and do one-handed no footers and inverts and all he's he's nuts how much did that shit influence you growing up then like was he like a legit superhero to you growing up yeah yeah like i look at see when i look at brian deegan like and the way he is with danger boy like that's I mean, really, like, it was like that with my dad, except for, like, you know, just my dad wasn't, like, established like that. But yeah. that, that was my dad to me. Because my dad, like, we would have, like, the, there's this dude, Mike Storm. He was, like, the SMP. He was, like, the local free freestyle guy back yeah. in the day. He was the SMP rider. Like, he, he would come out in his baggies. And my dad would just build jumps that, like, him and his buddies would just go big on. Because he comes from a freestyle BMX background and, you know, race local pro stuff. And, you know, he would he would just go you know build sick jumps in the backyard like we were lucky enough to have like five acres and he would just you know go build jumps and make gnarly stuff and then as i got older it was like oh cool maybe we'll tabletop that landing and he can start to do it so that and then you know but it was more just for fun like i would just sit and circle a jump and try to do tricks all day at first and then when i was like eight years like when i was seven years old i tried this big jump and snapped my femur what yeah and then like didn't ride and then it came, the first time it came back and went out how to was the, your mom through all this shit oh i was ready to quit too but then i just loved it too much <laughs> and then then it's so my first ride back after snapping a femur when i was seven i was eight and i went to the dunes or maybe not first ride but like first month and i crashed in the dunes and ruptured my spleen and we were like that was gonna be it for motocross and then this happened probably in like december or something and then so i or maybe even late january and World Minis was in like May or April. And I was at the top of my age group. And my dad just, he goes, like, Hey, you want to go to World Mini? I'm like, uh, Yeah. And like, Yeah, sure. And like the new KTM 60s just dropped. And my dad had a, like a link on how he could get two of them. Really? And we picked up two, rode for like three weeks after being a whole year, just like out with the heaviest injuries. And then I went to World Mini and I won every single moto. Wow. And then went to Ponca and the same thing, like one, like every, you know, I just, and then started getting sponsors and then it's like, well, that's what we're doing now. I guess you're a moto kid now. Yeah. Do you have like really good memories of racing amateur and doing that whole deal or did it get kind of tough towards the end as you got into like the factory stuff? Uh, for me, like I have the best, yeah, good memories. It was good. It's just, my parents were like real, they were like, they really tried to raise me right. Like they did everything they could to like really keep a short leash on me and, not let me be a just a punk ass kid that was their goal i think you know my, my mom homeschooled me like they were real strict i mean i had like it, it was too much it was real strict like i was too gonna strict say did that me. backfire when you went to california uh, uh, yeah i mean a little bit but i still had like the same values and stuff that they gave me i just hung out with people that had real bad reputations mm. that kind of reflected poorly on me not to say i'm like innocent and didn't do anything bad or wasn't a little bit rough like in in play in times of my life because I for but sure I mean, was a lot but, of dudes were. But I think I caught way worse with a rap than I really was. You know, like I was getting called a stoner before I ever smoked weed like, really? by like Steve Mathis and like just I just so, like you know like they were calling me and Lawrence like Cheech and Chong and just like talking shit on me. Yeah. I was like 
And like I didn't even drink I didn't smoke Like I was just like I might have had a Like a little bit Long hair But not like Yeah, yeah Just And I'm from Oregon Maybe I just had that vibe I'm a stoner kid And then the people I was around Maybe You know A couple of them Might have smoked weed But you know It's just I caught that rap real early and Yeah then, I don't know Did you Did that like did that shit piss you off? Because if you weren't like, cause it, dude, even I thought that like, and I wouldn't, I'd never seen shit firsthand with you like doing anything, but like I was, I would have been like, yeah, no, fuck makes sense. Well, I'm not saying I ever smoke weed, but like, no, but like back that then, when I yeah. was a racer kid and I'm factory and I'm doing all this stuff, like I, yeah, no, like, I mean, I was getting put on drug test programs and stuff like when I, before I was do like before I'd ever even tried anything. That's crazy. So it was just like, uh, yeah, it was just kind of wild. And it was just kind of, it's, it's all like in racing and, and all that. It's all like what people perceive of you, yeah. you know, like that, you know, if you, if, if you have a bad year and it's because you're hurt or it's because of this and, but you know, and people perceive it out to be something else. Like your values just, yeah, it's just how racing is. So, I mean, yeah, it pissed me off, but then it also motivated me because then mm. I'd come out swinging, you know, like yeah. I'd come out and prove everybody wrong. And then there's not a better feeling in the world than shutting people up that just are talking and talk, you know? Yeah. Did, well, was it, do you think that media started changing when you turned pro? Like, cause that was sort of like we said before the, I fucked that up. But before, like, your year coming out of amateurs was, like, one of the highest paid. You had, like, you said nine factory dudes come out of that year. It seemed like the whole, like, media machine and attention on kids. Because it's, like, people... The media didn't really have, like, attention on kids at that point. But it's, like, it wasn't until you guys started getting those crazy deals that it was, like... You literally had, like, grown men like Mathers talking shit about a fucking kid. Like, it's kind of weird, right? Because it's like, you're fucking 17, a gun's like 30. It's like, I get that you're a journalist, but, like, you're talking about a kid you don't fucking know. Well, and it was, For it was money. Just, it was just the beginning of, like, you know, the beginning of the internet. You know, like, there was there was message boards, and then there was, like, Dude, MySpace. Vital and shit. And then, like, but then you had, like, like a guy like me, like, I wasn't going to go and do nothing on say nothing on my space or I'm not going to do but somebody else might like post a picture that makes you look bad and then I'm new to the internet I don't even know it's out there mm. you know and then somebody else might see it or like yeah message boards like somebody could just you know go off and saying that you're doing something you got no voice to defend yourself it's yeah. not like now where you got Instagram Twitter all this stuff you can just like address something like hey look uh -huh. here are the facts like I'm not really doing this. Like you just had these people just making allegations about you and, and then they had a free platform to do it where back in the day, like there'd have to be like an editor of a magazine. They'd be like, Oh, you know what? We're not going to go for the jugular on this dude. Or maybe they would. Yeah. Like who knows? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's people that got the, wrongly accused of stuff on in, in print too. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying it, I think you kind of had, you had like what some time to yeah. let dust settle, look at it, gain, get, gather your facts and see if it's worth it. Where now it's just a press of a button. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing too, like, um, like with the, for math is like, he's the only dude that's sort of tried to play the heel as like a reporter in motocross. Like he seems like he's the only dude that's willing to like go after guys and like Brodocross did it, but it was like funny. It was satire, but yeah. like Steve's literally built a career on like kind of being that dude that will like challenge riders and like call dudes out. And it's like, that's it's fucking effective like he's a big journalist now but it's like i don't know that i'd want to play that game you know because that's a brand like that's his brand no he i, I mean dude you can't, you can't hate on the guy like he took it, it way works. further than i've ever thought that like 
you know, but I, I didn't, he, you know, he's got a, he's got an audience and then they real loyal and, and they're people just starving for motocross information. And that's mm. probably the best place they're going to get it. And I mean, most of the time he's super insightful. Like, you know, he, he has like, you know, he, he, you know, every, if you want to find out, you know, maybe, a, you know, just get a sliver of something that's going on. If you listen to a math, this thing, like, you know, you kind of will get some, you'll get some, you'll juice. get some dust of what's <laughs> really happening. Yeah. And I get, that's what people are going for it. And I mean, I just think maybe we need got it like as writers, like, why is there no moto journalists right now? Just taking advantage of this. Like, mm. I swear when I'm done, like, I'm going to go just full like Stephen A. Smith and just like get a buddy in the room and just yell and just like, argue over, like not even care like what the outcome of the argument is but just like okay you take this point i take that point let's just yell at each other and talk about this like that's all they do on sports tv i was gonna say that's straight it's sports center, like, bro no i'm telling you rocks you know you just like yeah. you gotta just like just for no reason just yell just get everybody fired up drop some information call it a day and then like like where i think like maybe people try to take like what like math is kind of like codes everything, so then you can yeah. kind of look into it. Which hey, he's doing a great job. Yeah. For, he's doing an awesome job for him. And like, literally, I probably would like the guy if he didn't like bash me when I was a kid. Like, call me a stoner before I was a stoner, before I ever like you know. <laughs> Wait, did you ever? Did you ever have that guilt? Because I think of this with chicks sometimes. Like you get like that one chick that you'll be with her, and then she'll be like giving you so much heat, like you're banging all these bitches, and you're like, I'm getting all this heat, like I'm banging all these bitches, <laughs> I ain't banging any of these bitches. So I'm going to go bang some bitches. Hey. It's like the same thing. You were like, fuck that. I'm going to go be a stoner. You want me to be a stoner? I'll be a stoner. Look, I got hurt and uh, I went and got my medical card. I watched way too many buddies get, Dude, get, right? get, you know, get on the opiates and have a real hard time getting off. I mean, I had a hard time. I had to lock myself in a hotel room for a week and just sweat it out and miserable. And that's, but you know, that's life. That's what you got to do. And those, you know, painkillers are awesome when you need them, but then there becomes a time when they're just a crutch and you don't need them. And weed for me was a huge help to get off of that stuff and I mean the amount of nerve pain that I was going through for months at a time like just calmed me down and made me sane without giving me the or felt you know felt like it was making me sane to calm those nerve pains and I wasn't taking opiates and then like once you're like you don't need weed you just stop it's not it's not like yeah it's not like uh there's no real chemical dependency on it you might form a lot of bad habits but it's, it's way, I mean, you just stop for me. I can just, whenever, you know? Yeah. Dude, the, um, I definitely don't have to name names, but like, I think that whole opiates thing is like, that's such a, like no one's really ever talked about that shit. Like I know a few of you guys went through like super heavy shit and like, dude, like literally lives got ruined in the motocross community that it seems like no one really ever wanted to go there again. Like I always sort of half even thought it was weird that there wasn't like a uh, reach out for support to those guys. Like seemed like the industry sort of blackballed some dudes straight up and it was like, fuck man, these are kids that have been like in this sport forever. And it's like, as soon as there was some, some of that sort of stuff going on, it's like, that's it. We don't talk about them. We just, they, they're, they're done. Like there wasn't really much help. It seemed like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, it's rough, man. I mean, you kids, you're young, you get hurt. Like, you know, you you probably get your first taste of a painkiller if you're a motocross kid at like probably, you know, under under the age of 10 or at least under the age of 14, you know, yeah. like you're going to break a bone at some point before that. And then, you know, you're going to get on something or you're going to be in the hospital where you're, you know, you're getting it and then kids, you know, grow a tolerance for it. And then back in 
when I was young, I just think it was way more accessible and nobody really thought of it as something bad. And, you know, if you, if you stub, not if you stub your toe, but say you sprained your ankle, like doctors wouldn't really think twice to just hook you up with a little prescription or something. And you wouldn't even think of it as being bad. Yeah. So you just take them, make you feel better. The next thing you know, like people just like them too much. Yeah. And it's, it's just extremely sad. And I hope, you know, it's it's not like oh like I don't think you know smoke weed that's the answer to it. but that for me when I had this gnarly crazy nerve pain that was the only thing that kept me like sane I feel like mm. like was just and it helped me so everybody's different I don't know it is what it like but I and I don't, I don't know at the same time like what do you do when like dudes are breaking bones all the time you're just not gonna give them stuff like I got mm. buddies that like damn near break their neck like and the doctors won't give them like they won't like help them with anything mm. so it's a double-edged sword because they got some people that are dying and in need of pain like pain medicine which i still to this day think that you need it yeah at times that's what it's there for but it just some people latch onto it and abuse it and yeah it is really sad that we kind of dump these kids out but then at some time too you know you got to want to get off of it yourself and mm. that's the i think that's the hardest thing you know for for people that are locked in it you gotta you gotta want it for yourself knowing some of the dudes that went through that stuff because you had like some of those boys were like your friends too right like what was that shit like even seeing that stuff go down well it's just just you just see them like you just kind of th- see traits and then unfortunately you know some people that end up you know stealing stuff and some people would end up you know just be able to like maintain their habit but just not really you know it's just it's just sad man it's everywhere and mm. it, it's not just racers it's, yeah it's, it's everything and it's just a really really sad thing and hope everybody you know hopefully everybody can figure it out soon and maybe you know hopefully there's some something new that helps with pain that doesn't mm. have addictions but i'm sure it's just it's a double-edged sword if you're given something that helps you're gonna probably end up abusing it at some point dude i always, i remember like because i mean i broke tons of shit as a kid and we'd have like uh panadol fort you could get here and then uh endones which are like they're like a, a opiate but just nowhere near a strong man like i'd have endones when i'd break shit and then i remember having a an oxy in america one time and i was like dude this shit is a fucking different deal like that felt like a hospital drug like not like a at home broken on the couch drug and like people were just going through them and i'm just like this is a fucking heavy deal that like they can just give you that shit yeah, it's the it was uh and that that seemed to be the thing that took everybody down. Mm. Or you know, just took a lot of people down. It seemed like, you know, from people that were just, you know, friends that didn't ride, people that did ride, it just it just was a struggle, you know, mm. and that's a hard hard thing to break and I just hope Yeah, hope that kids younger kids learn from it, but then at the same time, like, you know, it's it's cruel for the way doctors are treating people right now that have injuries because mm. they're not giving them shit now. Yeah. Like, oh hey, yeah, you you know your legs hanging over there. Here's um, here's here's you know here's a couple here's, Advil. Here's five Vicodin. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, like, you know, like you, somebody could just like I literally I compound fractured my wrist and like they gave me like a three day supply of, of like <laughs> and then like you have to come back and I'm like you realize like you know. I know this. I know this deal. I know, like, yeah, I've been here before. I've been here before, and I know, like, I'm really gonna be hurting in three days. You know, I'm not taking these to abuse these. I'm taking these because my hands was over here and sticking out of the skin. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, come on. Like, yeah, but it's. I don't have a migraine or glaucoma. I don't, know, I don't know the perfect solution. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess it's good that they do that, and you have to monitor and make it a real pain in the ass to get to get relief. But then, yeah. 
what do you do? It's rough. I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep talking about it. Yeah, I hate going yeah. down this road. Everybody's, you know, it's probably affected a lot of people in different ways and yeah. I got no answer. I just hope, hope everybody feels better. Yeah. With the, um, that season that you were leading the championship, like, what was it? I always want, I remember watching that season. I was like, I would fucking love to know exactly how this motherfucker feels going through this right now because like, you were like, it was like the top, and then it felt like you're at the bottom and everyone wrote you off. And then it's like you had this insane season. And then to the theme, like, what a fucking ride that season must have been. It was Especially the people you were beating, dude. Just the whole thing was up and down. Like, I signed with Factory Yamaha. My first, second race, I almost won a moto. I got second. And then, like, so everything's good. Every Like, yeah, like, he's going to be good. Then East, I went uh, 250 West Coast. I got third behind Villapoto won, Lawrence got second, I got third in my rookie year. And every and I got a bunch of thirds. I almost won the East West shootout, but I got a hole in my I tried to stuff Dungey and he his foot pick put a <laughs> hole in my in my cases. So I DNF. But uh and then I was kinda getting like sh- kinda sh- shitted on for getting third in the championship as a rookie. Like I was like, Well, I thought I did okay. And like <laughs> I, I know like I wasn't right. on it. My bike Yamaha didn't have a two fifty F program at that point and at factory Yamaha and my bike was I love the guys at Yamaha but my bike was terrible it was <laughs> it was the slowest bike and then outdoors I think it blew up like eight or nine motos and wow dude it, I'm telling you, it was just like I mean like I got a good one time I got a good start at Redbud and it went like left right left and this big <laughs> step down down the hill and I made it to that step down and my bike locked up on the face and I was just I don't know I don't know how I saved it but I did it was just like that scenario over and over again. So then Langston, Stewart gets hurt. Langston's going to win the championship. Or he's in, he's he's like trailing Andrew mm. Short or something. And I just happen to be in Texas. My bike blows up again. And I'm out at Matt Bichelia's house when he's a little kid. I'm staying with his parents. And my bike blows up and I'm like, screw this. I hate, th-. like, I'm just so mad. I go to the bike shop and I go buy a Yamaha 450, <laughs> like, just straight up cash. I just go in that day, just buy. I'm like, I'm riding. Like, you know, I love riding. I'm not just going to sit around. And then I go and then I go to the practice track and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just practicing on this down. And I go and I'm running like the same times as like GL and those guys. I'm going to go, hey, you guys should let me ride a 450. I'm all, I think I'm going to leave the con. Like, I'm telling them, like, I'm going to probably like get out of my contract. If you don't let me ride a 450, I'm out. Like, this thing's terrible. It, like kind of threatened him that and I'm making stupid <laughs> money I'm the dumbest kid like I don't know how I was so cocky to like think that I could pull that off <laughs> I should have never you know like no kid in my position at 17 should be telling Yamaha like yeah I'm gonna cut you guys off on this fight you know however much <laughs> fuck your millions yeah. <laughs> I'm out, bitch. I, but I really was that frustrated and then they got they let me do it and then I went out and I think I I was in third the first moto and I got a rock hit my goggle lens, popped it out, and I DNF'd it. Like, oh, you're out of shape. You're out of shape. I'm like, all right. Dude. Cool, dude. Thanks. <laughs> so next moto, I get in like a first turn tangle up and come from like oh, like way, way back and come through the pack and pass Andrew Short on the last lap and get like Grant Langston a couple points. And then I do the ne- same thing the next weekend. No. Yeah. And then so I kind of proved my worth. I goes, yeah, you know. And, and then I kept, I just stuck to my guns. I'm like, I'm not riding a 250F. Not doing it, dude. That's so I, heavy because, like, it, you think, I would, like, not just the team, but Japan, like, how much they would have invested <laughs> in that bike. You were just like, "Fuck this, bro!" I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stupid. But uh, yeah, 
and so I, I I was riding my bike during the week that I that I bought, and then I sent my game my suspension. I'm like, yeah, just make it like in, like this. What I said it was like in between Supercross and Motocross, and I would just go to the test track and just ride every day on my own bike. And then like I started going, you know, they got Chad, and they got Langston, they got all these guys, and I'm going, and I'm like, kind of like well, I can on do pace, this, yeah. you know, like, and I'm 18, just turned 18, and then I went into the Supercross series and. Uh, almost won my first heat race. Chad got me like the last corner, and then I got second behind Chad, A two, and then won a race. I'm thinking the youngest got to win a race. Really? In four, yeah, for sure on a four fifty, like one hundred percent on four. Ron Lachine did it when he was like sixteen or something, and when when it was two fifty, two fifties. Which I mean, if we're being real, that's he's the youngest guy, but four fifty that claim. Four fifty, yeah. I mean, we'll give it to you. But Ron Lachine's the man. But, <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So. And then one race got like tons of heat races, always like setting fastest times. And then it was like I kind of set myself as like the guy. Yeah. And then Lawrence got in all his trouble, and I got in a bunch of trouble. Like I got in trouble with him, like just stu- just the dumbest things, like not even doing anything bad, but just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Did Jayla though? Like, I never had too much to do with him, but he he lived close to me at some point over there. And there was like one day where he like literally tried to fight me in an Albertsons car park, like literally just ran and like he had no idea I worked in moto and I'm like walking out and then he's just like mean mugging me the whole time. And I'm like, and I was, dude, I had, uh, I had Christophe Purcell try and fight me at Parlour one year in 2010 because apparently I've like banged some chick he was with. And, um, and then, so I was like, fuck man, I kind of always wished I had like the I bash Purcell story, (laughs) but I never got it. And then, so, uh, and then fucking, so J-Law's like walking towards me and I'm just walking out and I didn't even know it was him. And I just saw this dude like just fucking staring me down and I was like, dude, this guy's like kind of fucking creeping me out. <laughs> and then I'm like, I see it's J-Law and I'm like, all right, cool. I, I feel like I'd be down and throw down with J-Law for the story. And then he just like walks straight past me. I was like, that was a fucking weird interaction, bro. Like you're a famous dude. Is it the Albertsons you said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, he, in I think he had quite a few alter. Yeah. No, it probably been the uh, Scott Road, I bet. If you seen him at Albertsons. Dude, maybe it was. Yeah, because that was, like, I think he had a few, I bet you the security cameras in that <laughs> shopping center probably caught a few jail altercations. <laughs> I just thought it was, it was right by his, I, I don't know, Jay, he was the funnest person to be around, loved riding, loved everything I liked, but then occasionally, like, yeah, you did, somebody would have a story like that. I, you know, I mean, we had a, we, we've fought each other a couple of times, but. Like, but we were cool after. But like, he, he every once in a while he'd turn the switch and he'd be mad. At, I don't know, but he was so funny, man. Like he was a fun. He, was, I just loved being around him. I don't know. It was so different from what I grew up doing. Like I had freedom. This dude was just killing it on a dirt bike. Would just do the wildest stuff. Like get away with it. <laughs> like we're factory. We're Yamaha guys. Signed for like multiple years. Like, this is my boy. <laughs> like, he's all he's so Did we just become best friends oh man and like yeah but yeah he would he would get in the small altercations for sure i don't where were we going with this oh fuck i can't even remember we now. got off so on a, a jay lost like, as soon as you mention his name you're gonna go off on a tangent like Dude. the guy's just that legendary Fuck, he he really is like a oh. legend of the game, dude. Yeah, but, he, so he got yeah, hurt. Yeah, he no, he didn't That's get right. hurt. He, he, you like, guys got in trouble. He, That's where we he were. did the rental car thing. Everybody thought I was in it. What? So what was the deal then? I, I wasn't even there. I pulled up after it was done. I pulled like my I could should like 
airplane ticket records. Like I wasn't in the car. I could name who was, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, fuck that, fuck that Takashi yeah, yeah. shit. No, no. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, like I, I wasn't in the car. And then uh, the next night, like a a Texas Ranger was driving around with a. Uh, like uh, this guy, this guy was dry. Okay. So we were at pit bike race. It's 105 degrees, uh, freestone national. And, um, me and Jaylon, and like some girls and just a bunch of like, just, we got a probably a pretty rowdy group of people like laughing at the pit bike races, just having a good time. Like, and this guy pulls up in a golf cart and he's got a cooler on the back. Hey, you guys want some beers? Well, his, I didn't realize this, but his buddy in the passenger seat was like a Texas Ranger or uh. one of the, like, and so He's like, hey, you guys want some beers? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, like it's 105. There's no concession stands. I'm dying. I just want water. Like, I even I think I asked him if he had a water, and he's like, no, just beer. I'm like, all right, yeah, drink, crack one beer, get halfway through it. And the guy's like, hey, man, how old are you? I'm like, oh man, I'm 18. And in the states, you have to be 21. And then, all right, come with me. Hands behind my back in front of everybody. And Jayla was 21. Did the same thing to him. And so it was just like, that was like the beginning. That wasn't the beginning, but that was like the validation of all the yeah. crap that was getting talked about me already for hanging around people like, like, you know, the rap I was getting for being around dudes like J-Law. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So then what happened? Like when that, with that Yamaha thing then? So like, what was the fallout of the whole rental car uh, well, arrested thing? Uh, no, nothing with me. I, like, oh, I got like a $25,000 fine for the MIP at a race, which that's fair. Yeah. Fuck, bro, 25 grand at 18 years old. I didn't even trip. That's that what time. I'm saying, mate. You were making <laughs> so much Now I'd be money. like getting a lawyer or something. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, $25,000 fund. And I got a, thir- like, and a 13 week drug test program. And I was like, yeah, like some community service. That was it. You know, like. No shit. Yeah, but yeah, which a heavy. A heavy fine for a like thinking about eighteen it now. year old now cracking a beer, watching him his butt. Yeah, you know, whatever. But I get it. It was I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. I was eighteen. I was probably wearing my sponsor's but, stuff, but hanging like out at what, a dirt bike what track. What fucking eighteen year old would like not not do that? You know what I mean? A, a lot of eighteen year olds in my position would have been a lot smarter than me not to do that. I guess now that, but you know what though? Like you were the example. <laughs> like you and J Law, like the kids now, we like you guys we were. were. Sweet. We <laughs> just thought we were sweet or something. I don't know. We just we, we yeah, and it was just at that point where J Law won the championship, and it was like our we were getting too sweet. So somebody was kind. Of, I don't know why. Who was really behind any of it or I mean maybe that might be just a stroke a stroke of luck and then Jason gets in a fight at Redbud and then goes to jail and then they kicked him out of the AMA and he already like had that deal happen with Villapoto where he launched his bike oh. this is all in like week after week after week, <laughs> after week. Like, so then like yeah and then he was you know I had to go to jail for a little bit for another just little altercation so it was just like it reflected it, it put me in a bad spot then the following year I get hurt like blow out my shoulder right like the right before supercross and had just a kind of a crummy year and just kept sometimes when it, it rains it just pours you know like yeah tore my tore my labrum had to get it repaired the week i get back on the bike two weeks before anaheim chain snaps on a triple on step off i get ko'd still race come back then i finally get on the podium again i'm winning heat races doing good and then i'm out jogging and roll my ankle so bad I had scrapes on the top of my foot wow I mean just jogging on trails just you know and when you have a like I said the perception that I had like yeah everybody's like, oh yeah sure you know <laughs> and and then like so I had this year and I got completely wrote off I went from making like again yeah like millions to uh 
I made zero money the next year when I was winning, leading the championship or tie, sorry, tied with, for the championship at Dungey. Like I was making zero salary from Yamaha and basically like I was making like no money up front, but I invested in all these like insurance policies and stuff. Yeah, and, right. Like, so then like when I was killing it, I was doing okay. But like I went from all this upfront money to no like yeah dude like barely enough to keep the lights on on the pad i had <laughs> no shit but we, it was all good did you um when you got like those first like the initial contracts did you were you like trying to save money and shit or like does it just not really on the radar at the time it was more to get my family out of debt like yeah okay it's more like you know you kind of just i don't think my f- like we weren't my family wasn't the most like the best on you know it, it was a family effort and they weren't the best on money management themselves mm. and then so i was kind of pulling them out of debt and then but i mean i actually was to be honest i was pretty good with what i had like i bought a big house like I probably shouldn't i probably should have bought a smaller house but in hindsight like if i didn't get hurt and just everything would i and i would have stayed mediocre mm. when i sold that house i would have like it'd be worth like millions now you know, and I bought it repoed, so I didn't take a hit or nothing. But like, you know, I didn't make any like real bad decisions. I it was just, just kind of like, how like. I mean, how many years can you d- live live the dream? Mm. You know, and keep it going. And I've lived the dream a lot of years and kept it going. I'm not like, I don't got tons of tons of money in the bank, but I've been like able to keep myself real com- like comfortable for a long time. Mm. But I I always now like it just puts if I would have saved money I'd have zero stress you know I'd just yeah. be like yeah whatever I you know because like realistically you could have bought a house for like you know four or five hundred thousand dollars being a fucking gangster house yeah paid cash and like that's just always there yeah but then I bought a really gangster house yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have had a really gangster payout but just like the way the you know the market crashed yeah, all this then, kind of stuff yeah, happens yeah, and you're an eighteen true. year old kid and you think you're the smartest dude in the world and you're really just a dumbass 18 year old kid that can ride a dirt bike <laughs> when did you realize? we made way worse decisions back then like yeah, we were crazy. way dumber like now you actually have to be like like there's the opportunities out there aren't like they were like you could just be a dumbass <laughs> <laughs> like it was geared for dumbasses did you know great. like the the best thing about you is that you fully fucking get it like <laughs> dudes like when I had Seth Enslow on here, like, I fucking love that dude, but he just, like, kind of didn't put it together that, like, he fucked all, <laughs> all that, like, money shit up or, like, that side of it, you know? But I guess, like, maybe it was just, like, that's the fucking time, right? Like, you guys just didn't know back then as much as now. Well, and there's people taking advantage of you big time. every Around every corner when you got that type of money, there's people taking it. I mean, I'd go on for days about that. I don't yeah. want to. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's there's people that you think have your back that don't, too. And I'm sure, like, uh, I mean, I don't like, Seth, he's the man. Dude, and he works his OG. ass off. And I'm sure he wishes he had saved some money. But how much money did he really make, you know? like Yeah, true. You got to think, he was like... He was like the original, like Tyler Beerman, you know, mm. like he just a gnarliest sender free rider. I mean, that's maybe not the the best. Well, he got but he, was, he he was the first dude to ever get paid to wear gear that didn't race. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure it wasn't quite like what yeah what it is now yeah. or back in that. Or, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I who know? I mean, I don't know. A million dollars if you're living living life can go quick. You know mm. what I mean? If you're not investing it and you're just living life with it, that's that's gone. But like. How much of that, like, there's got to be a bit of you that looks back and it's like, well, I'm kind of glad I had that much fun. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you guys, yeah. are, you guys fucking live. I didn't buy shit. Like, I didn't yeah. buy cars. Like, I still got the same truck. Like, I still have the same truck that I bought when I was 18. 
Like my first truck I bought, I still drive it. Like I love it. That's sick. Yeah, it's like I mean I've had a couple in between there, and I've had a couple you know nicer vehicles and things. You know what I mean? Like, but I just I. I'd never bought a bunch of cars. I just like, I, I bought a sick house because I wasn't 21 and I wanted to have my buddies over. And like, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you came over to one of my parties. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't have a bunch, but like if I wanted to do something fun, like I had a sick pit bike track in the backyard. I had yeah. like four identical TTR 110s and we had a good time. Like we were motoing in the backyard to hang out, barbecue. I had sick sound systems, but like I didn't like, wasn't buying you Lamborghinis. Like I shit, wasn't yeah. doing like the real, real dumb. I mean, I probably bought. The super I probably shit. took. I probably bought way, spent way too much money on f- taking my friends out to dinner yeah. and bar tabs. And yeah. I'll get this one. Yeah. That's what gets you. Yeah. Is that? Oh, no, I got it. No yeah. big deal. That's that, what adds up. That them yard house visits, bro. Yeah, those are the, those <laughs> are what <laughs> gets you, dude. Um, fuck, what was I? God, I just went blank on where I was going to go with that. Yeah, it was just a fucking... Like, it was just a different time, though, right? Like, nowadays, it's just... Like, you know, you look at the guys that won the championships this year. It's like a, like Chase Sexton as an American kid. Now it's like the Dungey model. Like, Dungey sort of, like, made this model for, like, doing it out of amateurs, right? He sort of gave every, like, kind of B-class kid hope. He... You know what I mean? It's like he... There was, like, Lawrence and, and you and Stroop and and Izzy and then in that same year there was like Dungey and it's like everyone just kind of like went that Dungey direction after he did what he did right how could you argue it I mean it I, I, if I had a kid I hope he'd go the Dungey direction if I, if I if I if I have a if I have a kid and he wants to ride dirt bikes I'm gonna be like see this guy right here Ryan Dungey this is how you gotta do it look how nice he is everybody likes like Dungey's the man he's the yeah. best he's like the best like uh like role representative, model yeah. representative of the sport like you can't ask for a better guy and i mean i used to you know i was my rival i used to be you know like yeah i was gonna say i bet you would have never thought you'd say that at one point no never but i mean what do you do like i don't think dungy was when i was racing when we were young i don't think he was near as good as me no fuck no. but he took that and just kept working and he yeah. just like surpassed every i mean he's He's got, if you could trade careers with anybody, like yeah. I trade careers with, with Dungy, like didn't really ever get hurt. Was on the podium like every single weekend. Like even if you're getting thirds, those checks still cash pretty good. Dude, and he got like <laughs> and he was the there most every thirds, single yeah. weekend. Well, dude, you I mean, go out to like, um, the, the perfect thing with Dunge, like you go out to the, we did a glamour shoot with him, like a Fox shoot. And then there was Ken and Dunge, they were both on KTM and like you look at Ken, you're like that motherfucker is talented on a dirt bike. And you look at Dunge, and it's like he's like he's just taking his foot off everywhere and like dabbing and like squirreling jumps like ten times before he can actually throw like a tiny whip compared to Ken. You're like if you only could look at the super technical aspects of riding, and you had like Ken or yourself or Berriman and then Dunge, you'd be like, yeah, th- these guys would fucking smoke that guy. But it's like it's a different thing when it's like. 20 laps or 30 minutes plus a lap and it's like that's you give that one dude that'll just work super hard at one thing and it's like you get a fucking monster well i mean i challenge anybody that thinks they're like for me i think i'm a really good jumper right i think i can do stuff that nobody can do well i mean in my head you know, yeah. like, i'm like oh, i can do that like, this is gonna you're, be the sick. God. you're the quad god but then you know what either Dungey's gonna just step up to the plate and do it so you can't call him a not technical rider he might not be the first rider mm. but he's still gonna do the gnarly shit and then mm. like yeah, 
as the track got tougher, that never really made him like he was just more calculated. Like he, I bet you, if he took the risks of of that James Stewart took, he would do some pretty wild things. Like, but then he probably goes to the dunes and just thinks like he just doesn't have maybe he doesn't have the same type of love yeah for just riding motorcycles or even seeing it as like a fun thing to do because i feel like you see things that other people don't see you're like dude that would be so fun whereas like you said the freeway thing like the jumps along the freeway whereas Dunge probably just doesn't even look at that shit you know maybe he does and maybe just goes risk towards reward i I don't know i I don't know what he thinks but man he like to say he's not a technical rider is a you just but you know what I mean. I, and like I know exactly talent, what yeah, you're, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying, and I've probably been a guy right there with you saying it. But I've just over the years, you kind of just got to really take a look at things. I mean, the guy, you know, he, he went through when the tracks were gnarly. He went through where tracks were kind of you know some tracks that weren't tough. Yeah, true. Huh? And he was there every weekend, so you yeah. can't say he wasn't technical. Like, no, that's true. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You just you see like a guy like you or Hanny though, and it's like you could just look at something. You'll just do it. There's no, like, you're not just thinking about that shit as much as what, you know, those guys sort of are. I guess we just lack the discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, a, it's or, just different maybe, things, though. I, I, I Like, for me, I think my biggest problem is maybe I just didn't, when I was a kid, like, I probably want to do better to race. Like, tomorrow, I, we're racing Auckland Supercross, and I probably have a burning desire in my gut to do better to like to do good tomorrow like worse than i had when i was racing these supercrosses yeah like i didn't care like why do you think that was though maybe because it was too easy dude like, me and ricky had that fucking conversation today not about you but just about talent in general it, it's just too like some not maybe not too easy but or maybe what it is is you're in the back of your head like oh yeah okay yeah that guy beat me the other day like he got squirrely and held it wide open and he beat me like dude's still a goon yeah and like in the back of your head like i mean you know how many times i've thought that like i, I thought that with any time villapoto or somebody beat me <laughs> i'm like hey, well, whatever he's gonna crash one of these days like he'll be over it and you know what guys like that just keep continuing to get better and guys with that pussy mindset lack the discipline to try yeah. hard and, and lack what it takes and I mean dude I think with like guys like you cause I feel like I've said it on here a couple of times like but I think human potential is like a real motherfucker like you would know that you're one of the most talented dudes ever to ride a dirt bike Hanny's the same like there's a there's just those fucking dudes could do anything any discipline any you've just got that talent but like that talent's a motherfucker to live up to and it's like sometimes I think it's easier to have that thing where it's like, yeah, that guy's, you know, you can sort of play it off because people know like, dude, if Josh Hill really got serious, if Josh Hill really had discipline, like no one could beat him. Like that's a lot to live up to as a fucking kid. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like what, maybe, maybe I guess it's the, the ego or something that the, the fear of get like putting in all this effort and then knowing you're not good enough Yeah, on the side of like always thinking you got this upswing mm. maybe like sub- subliminally i don't know i mean it, it's i i when i was a kid people would be like yo you need to go talk to a sports psychologist and I'm like sports like like that's stupid you know yeah. like, i don't need somebody that doesn't know nothing about my sport trying to tell me what to think you know mm. but now as i look back like it might not be a bad thing to do if you're a kid because there's there's people that may not know anything about your sport but they're gonna know about what makes people great mm. and just because you are great at your sport doesn't make you like 
just because you're really, really good at your sport isn't going to maybe, you might not leave an imprint. Like, I mean, I bet you nobody really knows my name in 20 years. You know mm. what I mean? Like, you're only as good as your last moto. Like, I might, like, oh, the water park video guy. Yeah. <laughs> when, like, I mean, that was gnarly, but it's nothing like some of the situations that. Like that legacy I'm, shit of, like, what Ricky did or what James did or Chad. Well, just even just in my mind, like, that was, it was gnarly. And, yeah, like, dropping on the water slide and looking down, knowing I could die if I just barely went off was scary but it ain't scary like being on the line with 20 riders mm. and trying to you know go f- race wins and, and like the type of feeling that you have in your gut racing a supercross it's nothing like that mm. i mean it's you know you get like yeah well, i hope that video looked cool i hope they got the right angle like you get yeah. this little celebration feeling like when you pull something off even like when i did that nose really front flip thing like that was pretty heavy to me at that time and uh it was like that was done okay cool yeah like you get like a like maybe a night of like yeah that was sick yeah and then you're just kind of like whatever what's next but is it because like to win at the level of like a like a supercross championship or even a main event like if you win a fucking 450 supercross main event you have literally dedicated your life to the sport like you've given a lot so i think like that's probably because it's like yeah the water park video it's dope it would have been hard it would have taken a while to do but it's literally not like a life's work like winning a main event or winning a championship you know yeah but i mean that's what i'm probably gonna be remembered for is stuff like that like Mm. oh yeah he was that dude like i'll probably be known as the electric bike guy like i'm (laughs) like gonna be like the doug henry of electric bikes you know like you know you think of doug henry on like (laughs) four strokes i'm like i'm i'm e-bike guy (laughs) (laughs) and all the stuff that i did like i'm gonna be known for something that i did as a hobby when i was working a day job Mm. most likely yeah unless i start kicking some ass again (laughs) (laughs) when when do you feel like you like when you look like now you can laugh at yourself in retrospect for like i was an idiot i shouldn't have spoke to monster like that like when did you actually realize that when was the first time you had that thought what that i shouldn't have talked to like yamaha like yeah like that you were like that kid that you know like you look and you're like fuck i was a dumb kid like when did you realize you're a dumb kid right now (laughs) <laughs> but I'm talking to you. I was like, you know, just you, you don't really think about like how I told Yamaha. Like until I'm telling a story like this with you, I don't really think about how like I'm a 17 year old kid making way too much money, telling off a Japanese corporation with these people that have been doing it for years and had, you know. But luckily, I guess you know they seen enough in me that they were willing to risk it on me. Yeah. Even so, like you know, maybe they just didn't want to deal with the paperwork. I don't know <laughs> of firing me. I don't know like. I mean, Keith McCarty and Jim Perry are still cool as hell to me to this day. And I don't know why. Dude, they're still so nice to me and like to help me out. And Mike Garrett and I like, I kind of, when I started talking to him again, I kind of had my head held low because that was when I guess I really, you know, when you take everything and look back. But at the same time, I did work hard for him and I did mm. did produce some some for them and and I think I was respectful, you know, in a lot of Dude, areas. I just made some bad, I made some bad, you know, this i just made some irrational decisions that i could have used some guidance on yeah dude you're a fucking crazy likable person though like i don't know many people that don't like you and i think that that was one of the things that in that situation say with like yamaha or whatever that would be one of the things that is like a saving grace but i think a lot of times you know that I think that's what I was saying before is like maybe that was your like a bit of a um, defense mechanism is like you were fucking super nice everyone you were always like super respectful to people and like everyone knew you had this potential so it was just like 
you know you can kind of you insulate yourself and and those people like the guys at yamaha like dude they would have fucking loved you because you would have been a super cool motherfucker even though you got in trouble like everyone knows that kid where it's like he's in trouble you're like i still love that motherfucker though you know i mean and again like like i said the stuff that i got in trouble for wasn't like yeah, real yeah. bad st- I, i'm just more meaning like just the like they had to have been sitting there pulling their hair out knowing what I could have done. Mm. And I look back and do it now. But you know, at the same time, I pretty much ended my career at age twenty. Yeah. And I got like there's I we got like what, like ten or tw- I don't know, like double digits of podiums in the four fifty supercross, I believe. <laughs> something gnarly. like you know, I don't something like that. By the age of twenty. So it's like, like yeah, it's you know, like I didn't you do didn't, that bad, but I suck. could have done a lot more. You know, what yeah. I mean? that's what always eats me up is, you know, I think mainly just the injury like that really. I mean, I was not even in the prime of my career yet. I was mm. just like I was still a little kid. I look at my little brother when he was 20. Yeah, think that's, like, that's what it hits you. Huh? Yeah. And I'm like, man, he's just a, he's just a little kid. Like, you know, I mean, he's a man. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to try to, you know, rough yeah, him no, up, no, rough no, him yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's he's a man. But, you know, his mind, he's still a kid. He has so much to learn. And I was, you know, probably, he probably are, he probably knew more about the sport than I did at that age because he got to watch, watch me make mistakes yeah. and learn from my mistakes. So yeah, man, it, it's, it's just wild how quick things fly by and you, you really only get one opportunity. And I'm so fortunate that I'm even sitting here in Austria or in mm. New Zealand talking to you racing dirt bikes age 30 when you when my career should have been done 10 years ago well that's like the one thing that you can look at with it all to like not be bummed is like dungeon racing like he achieved a lot but it's like that his career's done like there's really not going to be anything more sort of added to his story like you i think you do underestimate your impact a bit though because it's like you would be inspiring fucking thousands and thousands of kids every time you post a video doing something <laughs> right like so it's like you can't discount what you're doing it's like it's different to what you came up doing but it's like you there still will be like and dude you to be the fucking e-bike guy like it sort of sits here and sounds a little bit retarded because everyone on the weekend is going to be riding 450s but like there's going to be a time where all of those bikes are e-bikes so like the fucking first e-bike guys actually probably a pretty bad yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, that bad, actually. <laughs> like, they're sick. E-bikes are going to... Like, they're, they're good. But, yeah. I, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love what I do. I mm. get, like... I get so hyped to ride dirt bikes, and I feel so fortunate to be able to do what I... Like, I, I scratch my head and think about how lucky I am. I'm mm. lucky to have guys at Monster. Like, I, I was working a job... And they're like seeing me kind of working with Axel on projects and kind of pre, you know, going out and jumping the stuff first, getting out of the shot, doing stuff like that. And, you know, seeing how much I loved riding and they're like, hey, you want to go back riding? Like I had no, I had no issues. Like my job was great. I think I was doing a pretty good job. At least they always told me I was. And they told me to come back afterwards if I'm overriding, but they gave me a deal. And like, I've can't even like begin to tell you how much that means to me because they gave me this deal too. Like, you know, you like racing, so race a little bit, go to these big races. Like we're here because monsters, I'm here because monsters like the title sponsors. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to train and try to go whoop some ass here. So I'm here for a couple of weekends. Then I'll go do snow bikes and then I'll go like, basically I just build up my schedule. Like, Hey, what do you think of these events? cool if i do this okay we want to do a video here like Mm. i am the luckiest dude because that gives me a platform to 
post cool stuff. And I mean, that's the epitome of what you want to be. Like mm. if you're a free ride guy, you need that company that's going to support you, back you, give you a platform and give you some, you know, puts, you know, make it to where you can do this for a living and then everything else follows. Mm. So I'm like, I look at it and I'm so lucky and I'm so blessed. But when I look at my racing career, I think of like how much more mm. could have been Was added. Like table. I left so much on the table. Like I don't think like nobody, I don't ever like say this, but it's like, I there's not a doubt in my mind that I was better than like Dungey and Villapoto in my own head, but I never got it. Like I'm the only one that knows that. Maybe mm. a couple of people that watched me, watched me as a kid might think that. My dad might think that, but I never got a chance to prove that. Mm. So I just gotta, I, I still love riding dirt bikes so much, but that side of the racing bums me out because mm. I never got to do that. So now I got to live through my little brother or, you know, actually this weekend I got a chance to go give Jason Anderson an elbow and see what happens. <laughs> so I, hey, I'm like ready. Do like, you run I fucking think like, good too right like now. I got, I'm like in this place, maybe I was just complete sheer false confidence, but I think I can win. <laughs> like I straight up think like if everything cards fall right, like he gets a bad start. Like, I think I can beat these dudes. And I'm, that's so cool to me. Are you going to do any Supercrosses in America this year? I've got some deals. I Surely. Might, I don't know. I pro I'm sure I'll be at some Supercrosses in America. That'd be sick. I may do a full series on 250s because I'm eligible again. Dude, that would be so fucking sick. So, but I got to play it out Will and Hunt. like see what makes sense. Will Hahn, give him a bike right now. I, hey, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, I'll some, maybe you know, if we get to bed, it's ten o'clock. If we get to bed the next like hour and a half, maybe I can pull something off good tomorrow, and maybe everybody will start giving me the good parts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just give him one of them Starbucks. We know there's we know there's plenty of them laying around. It'd be fun, you know. Like I, two fifties. Like I hated them. I only rode them for one West Coast series. Yeah, I feel like the black might have got a bit better since then. But dude, they're now like as fast as my four fifty was back then. Like I don't think there's a better. But I, I rode one with like. Olin's suspension and I was faster on that than my 450 and not dissing Olin's suspension or nothing but it wasn't even set up for me you know? yeah like, dude that's it that's got my mind going like hmm, west coast so I like I'm so there's a little bit I'm gonna take a break when I get home and do um snow bikes for x games like I really really want to win that and I know that's big for like my sponsors mm. so but I don't think that's it's you know if I'm training to do that when I get back, you know, I still have like a month to get ready for. What's the process of training on a snow bike? Do you have to just go up <laughs> go, in the snow? Go be miserable in, that's, that's <laughs> in negative sucks, 15 degrees. And where, so where do you go? I'm going to go to Minis, uh, Minnesota. Fuck that place. Minnesota's great. <laughs> in the awesome winter, people. In man, the winter, great. bro. Dude, I can't do that shit. It's not bad. If, if you got like, if you can keep your feet dry and you got like, keep your feet dry and you got like the under layers and stuff, mm. it ain't bad. Like, you know, you go ride and you'll go, you'll only be, you'll, you'll be in the elements for like 20, 30 minutes. And then you mm. come back in and you, you know, hover around the heater and warm back up in a trailer or something and then go do it again. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's bare. It, it seems like so bad, but once you live through it, it's, you're like, eh, it's, it actually is kind of cool. You're like, yeah. you're kind of like you're, you're out there in the, in the elements, in the elements yeah. dealing with this. It's snow, like screw this, but I'm doing it and I mean snow it's just a totally different um, just new thing to tackle yeah. and it's a growing sport and maybe one day like snow bikes will be really cool and agile and like a dirt bike and light maybe I, I mean I hope so because they're so new and it, it seems like a good concept and I like the dudes at Timber Sled and Yeti like they're like trying to make them like, mm. they, what do they like to ride now? 
It's heavy. Yeah. And then the bikes, like they need to make like a they need to make a specific snow bike engine. Because mm, like four fifties just aren't fast enough. Yeah. Like they you gotta like build it, a four fifty out to the max to make it feel like a a a two fifty. Because you got one of those you got like a Yamaha four fifty like fucking bombed, right? Yeah, I got had this guy Junior Jackson who he, he builds like just basically bikes for like top speed like he builds <laughs> hill climb bikes he builds flat track bikes like my pipe like comes straight out the because the almost yeah, there's like no muffler there's, right? there's no header it comes straight out the back does a little turn and comes and it's a pipe there's no header <laughs> that's like the so thing just sick. screams like it, we did it we put on the dyno and like the dyno would get like a i think a stock yamaha at like 60 horse or 61 horse which is high for most dynos and I think mine made 81 horse on that dyno or something. Whoa, so it's dude. like, you know, it's a cup like it's on other dynos, the number is going to vary and stuff, but it's like, it's like, what is that? Close to. It's like 20 horsepower. more. Well, it's 20 like, horsepower. But I'm thinking like the percentage wise, it's like 30% yeah, more power or something yeah, yeah. like that. Like that's pretty good. It's a big jump. Yeah. What was that thing like to ride in the hills? It was cool. Well, there was just this one. It's, it wasn't cool for technical stuff, but there's this one jump that like, Raha kind of resurrected it was like over this it was over a uh, a road it was just like a big tall cliff and like you could just like back in the day it was wide open everything you had just to get up on top of it but then I realized like another 100 feet 80 100 feet down like there was a landing mm. and you couldn't get to it on a stock 450 like <laughs> I couldn't imagine and so I was just like oh let me take that thing out there and send it to the landing it wasn't it really wasn't gnarly like because it's just it was like the landing kind of followed you like you know what i'm saying like it was just like it made it way cooler because you were landing on a downside and you had to hit it way faster and you probably i mean we never measured it or nothing but it's probably a clean like it had to be close to 200 feet it's a fucking big jump dude but like it was about it was like it was about as safe as 200 feet could be yeah yeah have you thought about that um you know that general sipes thing that red bull's doing yeah have you thought like if Red Bull made that into a series or like someone made that into a series would that be something you'd do because like he did the hill climb which you did and then did you do the same one as him no he I didn't even know he was doing it I already had plans to do it and then he showed up and did one. oh snake he got me <laughs> and I already knew like he's got Red Bull backing him to do kind of what I do at Monster yeah. like, but I do more that's like what I'm saying. it's should, like he does GNC he does like GNCC where I do like free ride and yeah. like so it would be you different you could do GNCC Supercross is like our I'd love to race him in some Supercross more like that yeah. that's where we should just meet up and race like but you wouldn't do that like it, you wouldn't do the fucking Erzberg rodeo no like, hell no you wouldn't want to do that uh, yeah shit. I want to pay somebody so I look like a dummy in front of all my friends and get wet and cold and screw my bike up that, that sounds like the worst idea ever what is that i want to ride for fun i think you should go do Erzberg. i'm good yeah that doesn't look fun i don't want to get like have to drag my bike up over a, a tree <laughs> like a quarry of rock. yeah and then like get stuck i don't know man i'm good on that he like he's i actually tried to go to um i tried to race him at this thing it was a sprint enduro it just happened to be like out north or South Carolina, like an hour down the road. And me and Jace Owen were like doing nothing. And we seen Caleb Russell the day before to track. He's like, come race, <laughs> come check it out. And, um, I like, I woke, I got something in my eye out camp or, uh, hiking the, like, or so it was two days before. And the day, next day I was out hiking my girlfriend and I was like screwing around, jumping on, like 
hanging off some tree and I was looking up and I got like a bunch of bark in my eye. I didn't really think anything of it, but overnight, like it got like just anyways, I go out to this, I go out to this race and I'm all packed up. I sign up, I go to this race and I'm driving and I'm thinking like, man, I got like my eye hurts. <laughs> and like, as the day went on, like I literally went to where I couldn't see out of my eyes. So I went there, rode one lap and went home and everybody th- I think thought like, I just like wimped out. Like you got punked out by like, socks. Yeah. <laughs> and which, I mean, I, I don't know if I would ever beat him anyways or been any, even close, but like I really did want to do yeah, it. it and then cool. I had to like, I literally couldn't see, like I, I would, it was like dangerous driving home. Dude, that's heavy. But I'd like to do it again. Those sprint enduros are pretty cool. They're, so like, time, they're like time trials. Okay. But what I figured out I got to do if I do them, um, those guys have those electric mountain bikes and mm. there's a course, right? It's probably like, I don't know, however long, like it's, it's. 10 minutes or 10 minute lap like through the trees or something on a dirt bike maybe more 50 whatever 10 yeah. minutes let's say but those guys go there on those electric mountain bikes and pedal the track for like 10 times and knowing and like mark yeah. the trees and like find little cool cheater line well not cheater lines it's part of like, like qu- quick but they find like this line like oh you can just dip through there like yeah and they figure stuff out and i just showed up there like with one eye like walking <laughs> around like yeah i'm gonna try to race for a second and yeah I didn't have a hope like I would love to do it though but I'd have to definitely like prepare for it yeah and I was on my only bike I had was that snow bike thing that I was talking about and it was not <laughs> oh, ideal for like the woods gnarly, it wasn't ideal for the woods and stuff 80 horsepower yeah, like, bump, 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 bump. <laughs> like that was about how much I'd crack the gas like bump, bump. dude we've been doing these uh these transmoto enduro races where it's like it's six like they do 12 six and eight hours and you get a team so you can get like two or three buddies and it's just a transponder so you can ride whatever bike you want you can swap bikes you can ride the same bike. like it literally doesn't matter as long as your transponder goes around the track and um, the only bike I got is a Honda 450 and like it was through all these tight trees and shit and I was just like I come in I was like I will literally ride anything else like <laughs> anybody else has a fucking bike that I can ride I'm down and I could not imagine riding a fucking 80 horsepower 450 through that shit it, it wasn't it was cool like and it, how it works is like there's a grass track and then there is like a um yeah that's kind of how these are and then a, a, a thing or a, a woods track and then you do it like throughout over the, over the course of the weekend i think you do it like 12 laps around both all of these or something and like the lowest time yeah. wins so yeah, you can't yeah. make mistakes but i was actually i mean i i obviously was far off like you know i didn't feel good and i kind of just rode around but i, I was kind of just riding around like huh i wonder how, like where i'll like if i beat yeah. anybody and I think I'd be like one was like faster than like maybe two people like you know like <laughs> with one eye but I mean no but like what I mean and I wasn't but I I wasn't on my A game at all yeah but I still like was like I'm just You're gonna like, go oh, ride around this, and then yeah. like see if maybe it gets better and then it kind of got worse so then and then I looked at the time and I'm like mm, yeah no <laughs> I'm out of this did one lap yeah okay have you seen that TT shit yeah, well, you're talking like the the flat track stuff. Yeah, that looks cool. That looks. I feel like you do alright with that shit too. I suck outdoors. Yeah, so you just don't like that style. I just don't like a hang it out type guy. Like, I don't like getting. I don't like getting head shake. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I super. Cr- I like jumps. Like the more technical, the more time you're in the air, like the less. I don't, I don't know. For me, the more comfortable I feel. Mm. Like I'd rather be going like. I'd rather be 40 feet in the air than going 40 miles an hour swapping yeah. out. Dude, I did, uh, we just rode from Cairns, which is like way up north where we grew up to the tip of Australia and back. So it was like, uh, we went eight days. We pretty much, it was like eight hours a day. Like on a, I had a KTM 450 with fucking motocross gearing 
And like, I'd never really ridden a bike in top gear that much. Cause I was always the same. I was like, mm, I just I really want to just fucking hold it open. Like I don't really see the point, but after eight days, just literally holding a 450 fifth gear wedged for like hours at a time, like until the thing ran out of fuel, I was like, I kind of get this now. Like it actually turned into fun for me. But forever, dude, I was like, this is fucking... Like, I don't want to go this fast. Yeah, I don't like crashing at those speeds. <laughs> it's so gnarly, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's fun. I, I like it. I just I just guess I haven't done it, you know? Mm. Like, there wasn't really any money to be made in motocross for me. Like, I always just had supercross-only type deals, and then I'd just spend the rest of the time, like, doing what I like to do. Like, after yeah. I got hurt, you know? Yeah. And I'd just spend the rest of the time doing what I like doing, and I was always cool with that. And what I like doing never was... I never was had motocross suspension or enduro suspension and felt like I would just ride supercross or free ride for the longest time. Yeah. And then this year I was like, I need to get back into shape. I'm like, I'm turning 30. I'm fat. I got, I mean, I just had a big, I just had a beer belly, you know, I'm just like, was eating whatever I wanted and just, you know, you're not an athlete. I wasn't an athlete. I would ride (laughs) and I would do cool stuff on a dirt bike. and I would occasionally go race and I could hold my own, but I was, you know, I I let, I just had let that go. I wasn't trying to, and and then I'm like, you know, I'm turning 30 and being a 30 year old, like partied out fat dude that goes big on a dirt bike. Like, I think I'm over that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I was like, I was, it was like April of this year. And I'm like, just, I'm going to start mountain biking all the time. Like, yeah, this is going to be sick. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't like, it's going to be sick, but that's what I try to tell myself until it actually and now I love it and then I put motocross suspension on my bike and I would just go to the track and just go ride out 20 yeah. minutes and then just like do all the stuff that like I wouldn't do from the whole time that I quit racing dirt bikes I just went back to the basics like just go to the track let's just go ride like you're not gonna be the fastest guy you suck outdoors we just try to like keep you know like keep gaining it you know and then I felt like I gained so much back from doing that and then now like where before I could still go real fast for like one lap well now I can go fast for a lap and then I can figure out what I did wrong and go faster yeah like and I can charge through like programs that used even when I was at my peak like I was sweating in a day now I'm doing it and like loving it every single I don't know it's crazy you get to that point because like with my um with my jujitsu stuff that I do like I got to the point where now it's like if I don't train in a day like when I do trips like this it's I just let go I'm like, all right, you can't train. But when I'm at home, I'm like, I'm fucking freaking out to train. And it's like, it's not, you don't have that for a while, but you definitely hit a point where you're like, dude, this is me now. Like, I actually really enjoy how hard this shit is. And I wondered as soon as you said, like, I was going to train, I wondered if you hit that point. Yeah, it, it was. It was like, it becomes a challenge. I mean, just like, what do you say? You rode for eight days straight. Yeah. Like that, I've, dude, I'm telling I wouldn't sign up for that. It was fun as fuck. And you guys, like, like the whole time, it was like I was like, "This sucks." Like I feel like I want to go home. And then you're probably at one point, you're like, "I'm just gonna do it because like I'm not gonna wimp out, right?" Yeah, like, everyone else is doing. Everyone it. else is gonna do it. Like I can't wimp out. But the, then, like after a while, you probably actually want to pat yourself on the back for it. Yeah, right? dude, it was like really fun. It was like a really cool experience. And then like it was crazy too to like the shit you tell yourself in your head, like I don't like going fast. Like that's just what I told myself. And then like I'd be top gear wide open and then I'm like, just let it go. Just yeah. enjoy it. Like this is fun. Like obviously shit's fucked like you could get fucked up, but there was it's more what you tell yourself in your head. And it's like when I told myself like, Oh dude, this is a fucking long day. Like I'd be asking, like, how many miles are we doing today? And then like by the you know, midway through I'm like, I don't give a fuck how many miles we're doing, like as long as my bike keeps going, like I'm yeah. good. But it's all the sort of the shit you tell yourself. 
Yeah. You see some crazy stuff out there while you're doing that? Like mm. like animals and like snakes and like you guys got some crazy stuff up there, don't you? Well, we gr- I grew up up there. Okay, so it's so not like, crazy to you, yeah. but I'd be tripping on it, I'm sure. Well, dude, it was funny. One of the guys, he was uh he's from Melbourne and he lives in Vietnam. He runs a Vietnam motorcycle tours. Okay. Dude, you and your chick should fucking do that. That's like the coolest 10 days you can ever have like. So, um we we're, we're going in February and you get on these like Harley sort of like cruiser things that like that do shit Chinese things and um, you fucking you start in like the top of Vietnam and then you just you and your chick on the back you just ride for fucking 10 days you ride the whole way across the country and like this tour thing they plan the whole deal so you just rock up your fucking bags are already in the hotel and then you just go party in the city and then you like wake up in the morning like eat crazy food go to crazy restaurants and like Dude, it's like a fucking gnarly deal. Uh, I don't know if I'd drag my chick onto that one, but that sounds like I a took good... my chick, dude, and she fucking loved it. She's like her motocross experience is meeting me, and then I have a dirt bike that's electric that she doesn't have to like. Yeah, and then she's like good at riding, like because like she didn't have to like learn the whole basics of like clutch oh, and shifting. Like yeah, yeah. it's just like, hey, you know how to ride a bicycle, right? Okay, well do this and then like as she could just go anywhere that like i'd be out free riding and she'd just come because she didn't want to stay at the house by herself yeah because she'd be visiting me in california and then like oh we'll come and then like next thing you know like we're she can climb any trail that we're going to and then when we're digging a lip she makes her own little track and then like hey hey put your elbows up do this and, like, <laughs> and now she's like she can get around pretty good and i think she likes it but i don't know if she likes it that likes much. it likes it like yeah. i feel like i'd be kind of like like if you were around, I would be twisting her arm like to do that type of thing. I think, dude. But I'd like to do it with some buddies. Maybe me and you'll do it one time, dude. Where I'm gonna do that, um, that ride from like I'll show you some videos later from. Can we get Sammy to do it? Yeah, Sammy's gonna do it, and Chad wants to do it. That'd like, be fun. Chad's like legit because the whole time I was up there, he was messaging me like, "Dude, I'm doing it." Because I invited him this time, but he was doing the car thing, and uh, and like the whole time he's like, "Fuck, I blew it. I blew it. Are you gonna do it again? We should do it again." He he said, "Let's do it." 2020 I was like I'm, I need it like a little bit because it's hard bro like we were like putting sticks in between our axles and like putting our bikes on our shoulders and like walking through fucking rivers that are like up to our chest deep and shit and like it was like it's an adventure bro like it I thought like, you said it was fun like it was fun like but that's what I'm saying it's like it was hard as yeah. fuck but like it sort of made it fun but yeah that dude why I got sidetracked with the Vietnam story but um so the guy that owns the Vietnam tours, so we did the tour with him in Feb and then he, we were talking about the Cape and he's like, I'm doing it. And um, so he's like, comes up and there's like this lagoon and he's standing there trying to take like photos and shit. I'm like, hey man, like you really need to get back from the water. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like I'm just going to get a photo. I'm like, bro, please just fucking come in. Like I was kind of tripping on it because it's like the biggest crocodiles in the world are like just right there. Just straight chilling and you just had no idea. So that was like the craziest thing. But like the whole time we're riding, like there's like kangaroos fucking skipping out in front of you and um, (laughs) like heaps of like... I'm scared of that stuff. Like I don't have that. Dude, but that's... I'm telling you, I'm that guy. Like I'm fucking scared. Like we went through this one section of road. So we rode a couple of sections on the way up and back. So we on the way up, I was probably doing like kilometers wise i was doing probably like 80 kilometers through these like it's sort of like sing it's like open single track it's like one road that they've graded in and it sort of snakes along and i was probably doing like 80 kilometers an hour on the way back 
I'm doing 130. Like, but, just you just get so used to it, man. But yeah, but what about like you just forget? You've I know been riding, you forget. You've until, been riding for so long until dude. I know that's what scares me. That I, for, I forget too until a kangaroo kicked me in the chest when I'm going that fast, dude. We're on the last <laughs> day, dude. With like two hours to go, there's this crazy uh, road called the Crab Track, and it's like graded into this these this mountain range, and you go over it. There's all these river crossings, and they've got like these water bars, so it's so fun on a dirt bike because like if you look far enough, you can like double down and like and step up one of the funnest rides i've ever done in my life and uh but there's heaps of cars on it like four driving and yeah probably two hours to go of this fucking two thousand kilometer adventure and this car comes around this blind turn and me and my brother are fucking hooking dude and like i thought i fucking hit it with my front brake lever like that's how close we were to this this four-wheel drive dude like that was the sketchiest moment it wasn't like animals and shit but like and then and then like 20 k's in I was just standing up on the pegs cruising, like full chill on the bike. And I just hit a huge hole, dude. Like, and dude, like full fifth gear panic rev. Like, but that was my only two like sketchy moments of the whole trip. See, I got, I got, I got too much respect for what could go wrong in that situation, <laughs> man. Like I, like I'm really probably like when it comes to driving fast in cars, I don't drive fast in cars. There's too it's many so other people out there. Like there's shit. too many other people out here. Like, I, like if I, I like riding Harleys and not, like especially if you're in California and splitting traffic and getting yeah. around but even then like I'll do it if I have to to like get to like to get to work on time yeah, like yeah. oh I woke up like ah, grab the Harley <laughs> <laughs> but like it's just it's dangerous out there man at least I can you know I, I there's there's 20 other guys on the line with me in Supercross but like I trust those guys, you know, they're, yeah, I mean, as much as you can trust anybody yeah. that, you know, they, you know, you're in this sport, like, but you got to have trust in those guys. I don't have trust for like, I don't have trust in humanity's like driving decisions or like just, Texting yeah, just all that kind of stuff. Like I'm, that freaks me out. So I would probably be the guy holding you up. <laughs> nah, dude, for I'm, sure. I'm, I would be the guy holding you up. I'm telling you, I'm the shittest dude ever at riding. And like by the <laughs> end of it, I was just like, I'm all in on this fucking hooking up quick shit. But yeah. dude, you know what I, what, what I, when I fucking blanked on what to say before, I wanted to say like how gnarly it was for you to like get your parents out of debt. Like, do you remember that feeling then? Because like, that's one of like the crazy things in moto is like, it's so expensive to do. And for your kid to like go through doing that and then it's like you go pro and you see so many kind of families get fucked up with that and like you like for you to get your parents out of debt like that's fucking gnarly dude like that's a noble thing to do after like all that shit I, I mean I didn't ever feel like there was a, an option you know like not because they were making me it was just like no that's what I mean that's like, like my, it super was just cool. they put so much into it and I mean my grandpa is really the one that just like he just kept it going like my grandpa was the one that like he's the coolest dude on earth like he was and the funny thing is too like he was his motocross or motorcycle background is like he would do hill climbs with his buddies like just you know for fun like hey on the harleys let's see if we can get up that hill he's probably the one that's most pumped that i went and did a hill climb (laughs) but you know it was just my family was full on into it and they took me everywhere they dedicated their life to it and yeah but the thing is i mean my parents had me they were super young my mom was like my dad and mom were like 17, 19 when they got married and they had me when they're like 21. And Damn, that's like, heavy. I never knew that. Yeah. So it's like, like for me, like, you know, at times like I got mad at him over things and like, we didn't talk for a little bit 
and all that but at the end of the day they were kids trying to have kids and yeah. they raised me and they like took me riding and dedicated their life to me so I mean I can't hold it like I love my family to death like we had our rough times and we did things and I was a dumbass and I see that now and you know I wish it I you know I wish you could always just go back and hit the reset button and everybody mm-hmm. could have cool heads but it is what it is my, that's families bro yeah and I mean man it's cool to see my little brother killing it like I'm the most proud big brother and nothing you'll never make me mad ever like I'm the most uh, nothing you could come up and just slap me on the I mean I'm not saying that like because somebody will probably do it I was gonna but say, like, yeah, don't say that like I, I, I'm pretty cool like I don't nothing really revs me up or gets me mad like I got a pretty even temper and but man if you talk shit on my little brother like that's when I, that's when I snap and that's, that's the only dope. thing like I, I mean I talk shit on him but <laughs> but that's because you're allowed <laughs> but Dude, I'm the same I'm the same I shot, I'll brother. talk shit to him but yeah I mean and nothing makes me more mad and I, it's kind of funny because I'm sure that's how my dad was with me you know yeah it's kind of like as he comes up I feel like I'm turning more into my dad Dude, I'm the same. There's a there's a motherfucker out there. I want to slap because he's fucked with my brother. But like, I don't. There's nobody. Like, I don't have beef with anybody except people that fuck with my brother. Ah oh, man, nothing boils my like. <laughs> it's crazy, eh? Man, yeah. Like you can like, like there's people that are fucking dicks to me, and I have no thought of like retaliation to them at all. Yeah. But like, there's one dude that fucks with my brother, and I'm like, I want to get that uh, shit done. Especially with him, he's going through one of those rough patches. He had a bad two years, and now mm. he's getting written off, and everybody's saying this and saying that, and dude, man, oh, it makes me so mad because I know how good he is. He's dude, like, Tampa, dude, he's sick. Tampa, when he like that was his first 450 race, right? Was Tampa, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, he almost won that thing, bro. He was hitting, <laughs> hitting the, that quad, quad. Nobody was doing, dude. And oh, then, hey, I won a snow bike race, and I'm at this bar. They have a they have a uh, the award ceremony at a bar, and the race comes on, and like it was a pretty packed like function, and like the race <laughs> is on on TV. We got it on in every chant in the TV in the bar, and like my brother's first race hey, he's gonna do pretty good and then he's wins he smokes everybody in the heat race and dude I'm just yelling and yeah, like going nuts and then like I'm telling you I've never had a I've never yelled at a TV like this in my life and the funny thing was uh, we had everybody in the bar like everybody was just, just like so rooting for him like yeah. the whole place was going nuts and it was so it was the coolest thing ever i wasn't able to be there but i felt like that's i was, was there. almost cooler though in a way right like to have that that <laughs> moment like to have a whole bar like oh, this is my fucking dude yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so that whip? like dude he was riding so sick too i mean i dude i see him like i've been around the best i think i've spent a lot of time around the best riders of all time that, I Which mean, you have it behind I mean, I spent time with Bubba. I spent time with Chad. I mean, I grew up racing, in, you know, around Villapoto, Dungey. Like, I mean, it, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm leaving people out, but I've seen some greatness. And then I see my little brother do things that it, it like it brings back memories of those guys. Mm. Like he's so, and, and the thing is too is he's deceiving because he looks like he's not even trying, and mm. he'll just like go blow everybody's lap time out of the water. Like, I just watched Bercy the other night. Dude, he looked really and good And, like, there. that first night, he was the second guy out, I think, in uh, the Super Bowl. And he looked like he was just riding around. And then, like, his time comes up, and it's, like, way faster than the guy before him. But I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, he's going to probably... And then you just watch everybody, everybody, everybody going ape shit crazy trying to beat it. And, like, he looked like he was just putting around. He just wins the Super Bowl thing. Like, he's... 
I gotta get like I gotta figure out how to fire him up a little bit because he's just so gnarly. If he can yeah. just harness that, like he's a very mellow dude. Yeah, he's super mellow. Yeah, we did a film project with him. Like I, I hadn't spent too much time around him at all, and um, and then we did a film project when he was on KTM, and he like I had to spend a, like a lot of time with him. It was for, like tutorial videos, like telling people like how to ride and shit, and um. Like, so we were with him a bunch, like right track days and then the interview stuff at the house, like doing the voiceovers and shit. He's a cool motherfucker, like an underrated cool motherfucker and like the guitar stuff that he does. Like he's not like just an average moto kid. Like he's actually a pretty insightful, cool dude outside of motocross, which doesn't happen to a lot of those guys that grow up in the sport like that that's the thing like you kind of have to be have nothing other than motocross like you almost have to like this is all i have to live for and work your ass off every single day and i'm i i I think that he's realizing now that he has to harness that like you got to find a way to make yourself think this is all you have and train Mm. your brain like i was listening to an interview with like mickey diamond who i think is like one of the he's probably at all the old school guys one of the guys i look up to the most like most insanely talented racer and then he pretty much started free riding and you know he's just a man but anyways he was saying he'd like have to read the because he was so naturally talented but he would like read books that would like you know like the art of war like do stuff to try to like get himself like in the i mean i watched some interview where he said this anyways and like that's the thing like that kind of clicked with me i'm like that's what my little brother needs to do i'm like yeah. so i'm like from now on no more grunge dude we're metal only from here on out dude no we allison chains no Soundgarden, <laughs> no we're doing metallica we're doing slayer okay sepultra so, like we're getting we're getting <laughs> like, into this we're shit. gonna you know you gotta go in and i don't know if i've gotten through to him but man if he could harness that i'm telling you he would he would be the next thing yeah like, he would dude like tampa man like there was a the one the coolest thing like the quad quad was sick and like he was doing some cool shit but the there was a like kind of like an awkward flat berm after the finish line a left hander and bro he was like half a second faster than everybody in that one turn and i was like no one no one's talking about this like who the fuck can make up half a second in a 90 degree left hander after a finish line i mean dude he just started picking guys off he passes Cooper, he passes Tomac, he passed like he's just pick. He was picking those guys off like flies, and uh, I mean, I thought this year he was going to do the same thing, but it just, for whatever reason, sometimes it just doesn't click. Sometimes you lose your confidence. Sometimes yeah. you lose your mojo. And man, but I'll tell you, I was when he was out there, like his championship was cool. But like, I bet, man, that like the proudest moments of my life have been watching my little brother. Like, it, I don't know what it is. I mean, you got brothers, so you know, mm. it's it's just. Yeah, so I mean, I think he's got. I think he can really do it if he just harnesses it. And if he doesn't, I'm gonna love him to death. Yeah. No matter what, I mean. But I got. I like. I gotta be like, dude. Look at me. You don't wanna be me, dude. It won't be me. You wanna dude, be it's the so guy. funny. Like, <laughs> it's it's funny how the little brother thing works, man. Like, I and there's it's. I wonder if it's the same with you guys. Like, was he competitive? Like, super competitive with you? Nah, he was six years younger than me. So it's a pretty big gap, I yeah, guess. Yeah, huh? I mean. Yeah, we were, but like we were just kind of like yeah, you guys like never would have been on the same bike at the same time and no, shit like that. No, yeah, okay. I mean it was like video games and like doing yeah. this. Like he, yeah, like I, I never learned how I could never learn how to snap my fingers. And like any time he just like always just snapped his fingers in my ear when he walked by. You still like, can't snap your no, fingers. I can't do it. What? I can't do it. That's a fucking weird one. It's right? like people that can't whistle. 
I can whistle. <laughs> like I, I like was like super uncoordinated when I was a kid. It's funny. Like that is fucking funny, dude. Just like little things like that. I could just never. I, I still never figured that one out. I don't know why. <laughs> I've tried. I don't get me started. That's actually. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard of that. I've heard of people not being able to whistle. Yeah. That's like saying you can't clap. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just can't wrap my head around it. I don't know why. Dude, the yeah, the it's fucking cool the way that you talk about your little brother because I definitely I have the exact same feelings about my little brother like. He fucking kills it. He manages like Toby Price and all the fucking, all those big dudes and like just kills it. And like, I literally want nothing more. Like, there's no, there's no like competitive shit between, because we're close. We're only like 18 months apart. I'm like, dude, I just would fucking, I would love nothing more than to just see you kill it forever. There's just something about you, little brother. I, I just want to see him like just meet his potential. Like, I, I know he's better than me. I, I, in my eyes, I think he's better than me, and I just want to see him prove it. Like, mm. he is so good, and if he can just harness that and just figure out how lucky he is to have this opportunity, mm. or maybe maybe he doesn't feel the same way that I do. Because mm. I, I didn't feel the same way about myself when I was his age. It just happened because I was good at it, mm. you know? Sometimes you don't figure it out till later. You got to learn the hard way, mm. and I hope what? that never happens. I hope he just kicks ass and gets back on track i mean everybody forgets he like never was he like uh, not like missed one podium the whole his whole lights here on pro circuit and mm. you know and then he won even on an rmz 250 and the next That's year right. and, like beat straight up just handled one AC. on the 07 <laughs> yeah and then i mean he had a bad year this year but mm. i hope he rebounds what did you like what what did you think of your like yourself in the game back then like what did you think your place was like did you believe when you were racing like lights or whatever that you were just like gonna be a championship guy because i feel like there's a thing with riders where it's like i think there's there's three stages of being an athlete a stage where you know you can't win and then you get a little bit better and then you're like man i think i could win and then there's the no i will win every race like there's like a unfallible belief that you will win and that you should win you know what i mean there's like those those kind of three stages like where did you fit into that do you reckon i think like for me like i knew i was good like so say 2008 right so like 2007 on 250s i just felt like i didn't have the equipment i just couldn't win like i had to ride so hard to do to be where i was mm. then when i moved up to 450s like i thought like yeah i could win like that'd be really cool if I won. Like, so you maybe, think that yeah, those like, things are this? You think that's right? Like you think you can win, and then there's a belief. Like, do you think yeah. that's like a, the right spectrum? Well, yeah, and, and I like it made it to where like I'm like I think I could win, and I didn't, you know, like yeah, if things went right, and then like I would have a really good race, and kind of a little bit of an off race, and a really good race, and then like 2010, like the guys that I'm racing against for the championship are not who we expected to. We expected to be Bubba and Chad. Mm. And then those guys have a bad year and, you know, Bubba gets banged up and, and I'm like, now I'm racing against Dungy and Villapoto. I'm like, I am not going to let these dudes take my champion. Like, I got like, this is my championship. That's mm. what I'm thinking, you know? And then I ended up getting hurt. Like I broke some ribs and, you know, when the series headed East and knocked my, hit, hit my head and just like, then I just had to kind of ride it out. But yeah like that that in my head then and so that's why i was like getting like five straight podiums in a row yeah. like you know i never won a race that year but i was like one one like would qualify fastest win the heat race and then just like something would happen there I'd, or maybe i'd settle for second because i was just being a little bit like mm. cautious like this is a long season yeah and um 
but I was like, yeah, this is mine. Like I looked, I went up to the line, like looked around and like, no, none of these guys scare me. That's sick. And that was, you know, and that mindset was great. I just didn't have it for a long enough amount of time. That's like, if I would have been able to keep, you know, could go back like and stay, in that, stay in that zone and stay healthy. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, those guys didn't intimidate me anymore. Mm. Even my heroes, Chad and Bubba didn't intimidate me anymore. Like I was beyond that now. Who was Actually, I think Bubba would always intimidate me. Yeah, was, no matter what, because he's just nuts. He's just the man. Dude, it's funny. Like even Ricky, like because he always gives me shit. Because the first time I went and shot at his house, like I just hung out with Bubba for the first time, and I was like telling Ricky how cool Bubba was. <laughs> and <laughs> Ricky's he's like, "Who like, the <laughs> fuck is this Australian cunt <laughs> telling me how dope?" <laughs> he was literally giving me shit for it last night. I was like, "I go fuck this. <laughs> you go do that crazy shit, then." You know he's gnarly. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. <then laughs> <laughs> but then like uh, even last night and at the press conference today he's like because uh, he was saying to Townley he's like oh yeah so let's just double the rhythm sections and then triple the triple but like let's not triple the rhythm sections and then Townley's like oh, alright whatever and then and then he's like then because Ricky goes yeah because man James used to make me do shit I didn't want to do all the time like he just held such like a grudge <laughs> like for fucking 12 years later bro he's still dirty on James doing that shit nobody gives James the credit he deserves James had something that nobody else had and nobody else still has like Tomac will show a glimpse of it but Bubba was like he just did shit that didn't make sense on the daily yeah, every day like, bro come on like this Spartan is like we need to just kind of suck it up just give James like the, the bow of gnarliness like <laughs> he was the gnarliest okay he didn't win the most races okay Carmichael won the most races let's give it to him Carmichael is the goat in racing but Bubba was the gnarliest hands down like Chad is in like could beat Bubba on nights, but Chad was smart. Like Chad, like wasn't that guy that would scare you. Like yeah, okay, don't leave the door open. Chad's gonna run it in on me, but you wouldn't have to like think that he would just fly from like fifty feet behind you and pass you <laughs> like Bubba would. <laughs> Straight up, dude. I bet like, dude. I bet every fucking guy. Well, the guys that had to race Bubba, like Chad and James and Kevin, they would have all been driving into Daytona Speedway. I bet they all had the same thing go through their head at one point. What the fuck is this cunt going to do? Like, that, it was like, there was some races where it's like, you went there and it was just like, you knew you were going to have to deal with some retarded shit that he was about to do. And he fucking did it, like, every day. He was just nuts, man. I mean, just like... He, he, he just I don't know he why was, did why doesn't he get the credit like why do people just like because people sort of do sleep on him like uh, people associate his name as like this negative thing I feel like now but it's like how the fuck should that work like he was the, he was the baddest motherfucker he ever dedicated ever. his life the, 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 the things that he gave fans the risks that he took in front of a live crowd nobody's doing that no. nobody's doing that dude like but I don't know. I just think probably because, like, you know, I, in this sport, this is something my dad told me when I was a little kid, and nothing's been more true in this sport my is my whole life. You're only as good as your last race. My dad would tell me that because if, like, I've lost my last race, you're only as good as your last race. That dude's better than you. And nothing's more true. This sport, maybe it's all sports, but this sport, I notice it. It's ruthless. If huh? you suck for two races, then you suck. 
Like this is just how it goes. You're only as good as your last race. So Bubba had a, he he, you know had his thing where he you know this drug test thing. I think if that wouldn't have happened, I'm pretty sure Bubba would have won some more championships. I 100 agree. That was just a whack deal in my opinion. And um, then he comes back and then he just gets straight leveled, blindsided by Dungey, which which was it I don't never think, happens. Like yeah, I mean it was just unintentional. I don't think it was in, on purpose at oh, all. Yeah, for sure. Dungey, I mean completely outside of his character to do something like that um but it just leveled him and i just think you know i think maybe just this even is, this is purely my speculation i just think you know how many times bubba hit the ground hard you know like you get to a point where you kind of become numb to how much abuse that you're taking on your on your mm. noggin and i think maybe it just caught up to him and then how do you love what you you know that he probably just didn't feel like himself if i this is just my speculation yeah. what i think like and then you take the the you know he didn't talk to anybody and he just stepped away and he did it though he didn't owe us anything mm. but these all these fans out there on message boards feel like james stewart still owes you something mm. james stewart left it all on the track that dude was the man put it i mean there might i'm sure there's tons of dudes that don't like him like travis preston probably don't like him because he like <laughs> jumped back on the track and he smashed him and like yeah. i if i was ricky or chad I, and i had to race him that fiercely yeah. i'm sure i wouldn't like him either but as a fan there ain't never been anybody like james stewart and who knows if there will be again because you gotta think dude like like james and ricky when they raced each other like they there was still a guy that was gonna push it hard to win but it's like the they sort of both it was almost like they had this gentleman's agreement of like, all right, we're gonna fucking break away from the pack and it's gonna be a battle, but I won't try and kill you in the process. Whereas James went so fast and did so much crazy shit that I think those dudes was just like, Bro, what the fuck are you you're fucking with this thing that we've got going? Like, you were trying to kill us right now. You're either gonna kill you or you're gonna kill me. Because they wanted to win that bad. Well, I think I think that was just like as a kid and just watching all the old races like McGrath I'd say set that standard like hey yeah like you know like we're gonna race each other we're gonna be cool like McGrath was way faster but he seemed to race everybody with a lot of respect you know yeah it wasn't just like and, blowing out the school board. and then <laughs> Carmichael came in and then Carmichael was that guy that just did that ape shit stuff <laughs> like remember when he like would toss a whip backwards off a triple like next to people just, and then like I remember one time he did like a nose wheelie and looked over and like punk Sebastian Tortelli like in the downhill and off camera like he would do this like reckless stuff and he took it to like this level like Carmichael was just that you know he he changed the sport he was the right? original gangster and then Carmichael settles into like I'm the man and now you got Bubba coming in who's just giving him back what he just did to McGrath. <laughs> and then but he wasn't ready to back down like that. Exactly. And so that became that, that game. And then you got Chad lurking, who's just technically awesome. And I mean, that was a really great time to be a fan in the sport. Dude, the thing with Chad, like I said to him last night, like even him playing poker, like he's just a fucking dog, bro. Like he is a dog. And it's like but I was saying I was like, he's kinda like a bull. Like he he just doesn't get going until there's a matador fucking poking him with a with a sword. But it's like once you fire that dude up, once you give him a reason, like Chad would literally look for reasons to like not like Ricky and not like James because that was the thing that just fucking drove that dude. He was just so gnarly at like I will fucking beat you. I mean, Chad Reed was unheard of in the United States in two thousand two. I seen him his first day 
uh, that he came to the States. We were parked at Lake Elsinore. I was from Oregon just down visiting. Like we had my motorhome and trailer and we were just riding Lake Elsinore. It was 2000, it would be in the off season of 2001. And this dude pulls up in this beater, like Dotson truck with like big old earrings and well, yeah, you know, hey, you know what the Supercross track is? <laughs> oh, no he's got shit. some like two, you know, it was like the brand, it was like a 250F, like 103 on it. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, it's over there. Like, cause he was looking, he'd never, you know, his first time to the track and he was looking for the Supercross track. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, good on. Yeah, like, and that, like, just, he probably doesn't remember this, but I do, cause I'm like, 103, I'm like, who's that guy? Like, and like, then he goes out and I think he was like, might have got a podium in the 250 class on a YOT, or he was sitting third in the championship or something like, in the 250 class before he ever made his two or his 125 debut oh. and then he won like almost every race yeah then he steps up the very following year and challenges ricky for the championship like he made an impression like, like he did it, he did it different huh like nobody came in like that like he was completely unheard of and then changed the changed the face of the sport dude you're right like chad's gnarly like i'm i have so much respect for all these guys that being said, nobody took risks like Bubba and made it like a, this, like Chad was, Chad came in and did all this stuff, but he was so technically good and he was so mentally strong and he was just mm. like that guy, like he would just figure it out and he would just always be there in the end. Like he was gnarly. Well, like, that's what Ricky said last night. Like hearing that bench race was pretty rad, yeah. but like he, Ricky was saying that anytime Chad got like busted up, like he was at the hospital, he would, Ricky would be like, fuck, I need to win. Like, cause he just knew he, he was almost going to be better when he was like coming out of hospital with like four busted ribs and a busted shoulder. Ricky was like, he's probably going to be harder to beat tonight. That's a gnarly dude. He, I mean, dude, he, he got real busted up at what Detroit or something was, in 08. Was, yeah. And I mean, I think, I don't remember exactly what he did, but you know, he was he like punctured a lung and then he checked himself out of hospital. Yeah. He collapsed his lung. This yeah. something. Yeah. He did something like broke ribs and then just like showed up and still raced and then still raced and still won a championship. Like Chad's a bad dude. Do you know what's crazy is the way that you guys all looked at Dunge and Villapoto coming out of amateurs. Like those guys were just like not on your radar, huh? Well, no, in, they in were way, in a way though. Like Dungey like wasn't. The... Dungey wasn't. Like mm. I didn't expect anything. Like I'm not all respect to him, but like I, he was nowhere. Like I, I seen a picture that he was at U.S. Open with us on 80s, and I, again, I don't mean any disrespect, but I did not know that he was there at the time or know his name until like the year before we went pro. Like I, I maybe heard of him, but I'm like I looked at a picture. I'm like, well, that's Dungey. He was there. <laughs> like, that's wild. That's gnarly to think, though, bro. Because he was just always that guy. Like, he was good, don't get me wrong, but, like, he was never, like, on that level. And then his last three years, like, I mean, I think it's something, too, when you're a little kid and, like, you just, like, you're 13 and you just, like, just kind of starting to become a man. Like, you, you just, things change in you, too. Like, yeah, it's a whole different thing. That's why I, like, I always tell parents with kids, like, don't trip that you didn't win the 50 championship this year. Yeah. If you can't make it to Loretta's because times are tight, don't go. Like, you know, don't, like, just chill. You're going to be fine. Just mm. keep working. If the kid's good enough and likes it enough, he's going to, the cream's going to rise to the, rise to the top at the right time. Mm. I think that's, I mean, at least that's what I think of it. What do you, do you, like, what do you think about the sport now, especially working as a TM for, like, Monster? Like, you've seen a few different sides of it, and then now you're sort of like the pro free ride guy. Like, I don't know, what do you think about just, like, Supercross right now? 
I think it's in an awesome place. Like it's going, it's going in a good direction. I think it's just different because when we race supercross, like coming in, we're riding carbureted bikes that were kind of heavy, nothing like no matter how, if you had a factory Yamaha, it still didn't run clean thing with like, if you overshot a jump into the face of the next one, it'd go, bah, bah. Like, <laughs> really? yeah. And that's just, it's different now. Now bikes like, like t- today you could, you know, I could launch this double into the face of the triple that had ruts and I could literally like launch into the face of the triple and know my bike's just going to land and I can just scrub through this next jump. That'd be like a suicide mission on, on a <laughs> 07 YZ 250 F. And, um, it took a different riding style to ride it. Like it took more finesse. It took more things. You had to have more respect for it or else you'd eat shit. And now it's like, it's more a, like a athletic sport. I feel like, mm. I feel like, I mean, you look at the lap time differences from 2008 between first and 20th. And I bet you lap times are probably five to six seconds slower mm. from maybe seven. Let's say, or maybe more. And then if you look at a rate, like, especially in qualifying, let's say like first to 20th in qualifying was probably, yeah, like seven, six, seven seconds, five seconds at least. Now, first to 20th sometimes is a second. Really? Yeah. It's that tight. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, I've never really thought to look at that. And I don't think it's because, I don't think like, oh, everybody's just so much faster now. Cause like I can, I feel like I can go out and throw, throw it right in the mix for a yeah. lap, you know, like, it's just equipment's different. And now you have to be like this racer. You have to be this like, mm. it's just different. Yeah. But it's, I, I hope it's getting more recognized. I hope like maybe, you know, we're doing, I hope they just keep doing a better job of showing what this sport's really about and why everyone loves it. And I mean, once you're a fan of this sport, you never really drop out of it. No, nah, you're right. Like you always keep an eye on it. You just, I think we got to get dirt bikes in more people's hands. So then we have more fans. Like we need that's why electric bikes I swear is going to change yeah. the sport because I think you're going to be able to have like you know you have go-kart tracks where you just show up and you go ride we could make little supermoto tracks like that with these electric bikes because they last forever and they're not that dangerous you can tune them down to as little as you want yeah that's true because right now if you think about motocross like how did you get involved family dad F- family yeah. or friends yeah. that's the only way nobody just goes to the bike shop and goes hey here's 12 grand give me a bike yeah I want to get into dirt bikes I mean maybe maybe a couple but not like yeah. we got to get people like just get their foot in the door and liking the sport and then they'll never leave dude that's so true like the whole go-kart model a eh? because like everybody goes and has done go-karts like a family sort of thing imagine if there was like a cool like ttr 125 size like altered supermoto deal where you could go and ride like no gears no clutch no you could really fucking win some people over for sure. I mean, you just make like the most basic fun track that like, Hey, like, what do you do? Let's go to the dirt bike. Yeah, let's yeah, go to the should, supermoto track yeah. or the, the TTR, TTR palace. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like whatever you want to call it's it. It's like right next to a pup pup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you just have this little track and like, it's basic. And then, you know, then you got the dudes that they don't have bikes, but man, I like, I love it. I'm going back. Like I'm top 12 in the, mm. I'm top 12 this week. I got the lap record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you just suck people in. Next thing you know, those guys are going down to the bike shop to buy a real dirt and bike. Offers. Now they're going to buy a real dirt bike that's gas, and then now all of a sudden they're dirt bike enthusiasts. Mm. 
I mean, that's just that's my that's my thinking. We gotta yeah, get no, people's foot in the door. We gotta make it less offensive. We gotta get like get break people in, and then you're gonna be two wheelers for life. Well, that's what like I definitely think the stuff that you shoot and like the content and stuff that you put out, especially on Instagram, like because it's so easy for shit to go viral. It's like because that's one thing that I've really noticed lately. It, it's with the podcast, dude. Like the fucking people that follow the podcast is actually ridiculous in terms of they're like fucking the top level dudes in like all these random sports and i mess up i'll always like i never want to be a cool cunt and be like not fucking dm someone or whatever so i'm always like hey man fucking rad you follow me i'm i'm a fan like fucking sick and they all write back like i just fucking love the moto dudes bro like the <laughs> moto dudes are, like the coolest motherfuckers and it's like it's guys from like fucking formula one and car racing and like every dude in the downhill world championships like all of these guys look at you guys as like the fucking coolest guys like even when ando went to um the gp like the moto gp this year like all those dudes like tripping on team fried so it's like the, <laughs> the supercross and motocross dudes like they've always for whatever reason been like the coolest guys uh, that's cool that it's still like that that's how i always that's how i always felt about like you know jeremy mcgrath and you know all these all the people that i looked up to like those dudes were like gods to me you know but yeah then, like you know like greg albertine i thought that guy was the coolest dude on earth dude, he when was i met him when cool. i was a little kid i was like, this guy is cool that's who i want to be like and uh anyways but yeah i've maybe just because i'm friends with these guys now yeah and i'm in there like you know, you just get like, you just like, now you're well, you're that like, guy of people. Yeah. And I think I'm a dork. So I just think like, I don't know. I can't think that I'm ever, as, I just think it must've been cooler before yeah. like, in the back of my head, which probably was. Were you drinking the Kool-Aid though when you were young, like for a bit? I mean, or did you always think you're a dork? Well, no, I mean, I don't think I'm a dork, but he, like, <laughs> I don't think I, I, I never thought like, I'm, I'm the, pinnac I'm anyone. the pinnacle yeah. of this. I'm the man. Like, yeah. I never really thought like that. I mean, maybe I had, confidence around chicks or something but just, well, you know what i mean some false you can have, i had you can i had too much without. confidence for how i looked <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you can you can be smooth with chicks without being yeah. a fucking badass on a dirt bike you know what i'm saying just like yeah but i yeah. never like thought of myself as like oh i'm the pinnacle of this i'm cool like the way i thought of the other people that yeah. were in my shoes I, yeah, never, yeah. I never thought of myself like that it's interesting though because like i feel like and obviously like you said you've met so many of those people like we're around those people i don't feel like that many of them actually think like that that they're the that yeah they're, that they're the, the shit yeah do you think uh i probably not they probably don't yeah because like, the, I, like hope, I hope seth enslow does because he really is he's a fucking badass dude. like <laughs> bro badass, like getting dude. him on the podcast is like you know the fucking funniest thing about that man like he just didn't know what a podcast was and he thought it was like 15 minutes and I like because I just shoot like at this point I've been doing this for two years and it's yeah. like a, a big show so I'm like I feel like he knows what he's in for like you sort of sit down for a couple of hours so anyway he rocks up with uh, with Bubba and then like 10 minutes in I get the I'm like this motherfucker's getting antsy <laughs> like he had no idea what a podcast was he legit thought he was gonna be there for 15 minutes yeah, he was just trying to hit his marks and get out of there yeah, yeah. and I was like and I got that vibe and I was like motherfucker you're staying <laughs> like we're doing this shit yeah oh, it was so funny but dude he he was and is the badass he's, like, he's the ultimate man like he just did this stuff with 
no, you know, he, he, he would send stuff that dudes rode their whole life, wanted nothing to do with, and he was just a weekend warrior. Dude. Like, and he's just a badass. Like, look, at even now, like, he's just a badass. He's working, just doing construction, doing tattoos, tattoos like, doing stuff. stuff. Like, his house is sick. Like, it's how you'd imagine his house would be. When you walk in, like, you know what I mean? He's got, like, diamond plate, like, sh- like shiny chrome stuff. He, like, made all his cabinets. Like, <laughs> it's, so it's exactly what, like, if you closed your eyes and thought about, like, yeah, he's a man. I like that guy a lot. He's like uh he's like that kind of rock star cool. He is. He's rock star cool. And that's what I think, like, I don't think of any, well, I guess there's no rock stars anymore. So who, who's rock star cool? You guys cool? were kind of, you and Jayla were fucking rock stars. No. In a way. Mm-hmm. Hanny was a rock star MTV and shit. Hanny it wasn't was, the same. Hanny was, yeah. We might have lived a little punk rock. Like, we might have acted a little punk rock. Yeah. But we weren't rock stars. Dude, Hanny's like the most, in- I'm so bummed that we were going to do it this time last year, but we just couldn't make it happen time-wise. But, uh, fuck. He's had one of the gnarlier lives, too, when it comes to, like, motocross, man. Like, he's fucking lived every single facet of it. And then, like, all the reality TV shit and getting glassed in bars. Like, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, Anson? And then, like, his dad. Like, <laughs> his dad's the man. Like, and he's yeah. got to live up to that. And, nah, Hanson's... Yeah, Hanson's got... Hanson's had the life. Like, I've had a good life. Hanson's lived every high, every peak every valley like i mean maybe not so much like i probably live more of the peaks and valleys on like physical pain yeah you know but like hansen's had like he's been ripped off by people he's been done this like he's had to overcome this he's you know he's been written off more times than anybody and then still bounces back and, and he's, he's still, still the sickest style of anybody on a dirt bike and the nicest fucking dude he's too. so like, he's, no the funny like, he's the funniest dude hands down <laughs> nobody will make you laugh like that guy <laughs> oh dude i fucking love that guy eh? yeah he's it he's one i was like i was so bummed we couldn't make that shit happen last time yeah how much time you got you, you got to get out of here Let's, let's do 10 minutes. Do 10 more minutes. Yeah. I was, so, it's 11 o'clock. I got to yeah, get gotta, a cab back and yeah. go race tomorrow. Yeah. Um, with, with the pain thing, like, did you, what was like the relationship with pain like? Because dude, you, you went through so much shit. Dude, to be, to be honest, like at one point I, it was, it was really fucked up because I had a broken femur, I had a broken humerus. I had compartments, you know, I collapsed a lung or something, broke some ribs, but that was not even on the radar, but I got compartment syndrome and I had to have all these surgeries and I was getting these, I was getting these nerve pains. I remember hearing that. It was so bad. Everyone was talking about your nerve pains. Like, dude, I would sit there and I couldn't, like, I, I, like, it was like I had, like, I would sit in rock like all day long. I'd sit in rock and just like, like, like twitch and rock. And just like, I'd be talking to you. Like I couldn't talk to anybody on the phone and something would just trigger me. And like, like I just went like totally recluse because like I couldn't carry conversations with people. Wow. Like I'd go out in public and I'd try to be talking and, I'd just, and like, it was the most gnarly thing. I mean, I remember, dude, I was just like, just laying, like laying in bed, just dude, straight up like com- contemplating trying to kill myself dude, i was like, just wondering that i was like man i'd be fucking over and out eh? and i mean i had a i had a girlfriend at the time that really like she she helped me out so much uh and kind of helped me through like a lot a lot of bad stuff at the time and kept me you know kept a lot of demons away from me and you know just was real loving and caring when i was you know injured like that 
And that's probably the only reason. Like, and just, I think just the thought of my family, but man, I'm telling you, like, it was really, really dark for me. Like I, it was months of this and I had to have like eight surgeries and then like I had to get my Achilles tendon lengthened just to, and then get all these bones broken, my foot or like, like everything adjusted just because so my foot would go at a 90 degree angle because I was trying to walk and I would burn holes through the bottom of my feet because I had no muscle and it was atrophied my bones. It would just, I would get pressure sores. Even when I was racing for Hart and Huntington, like the first year I'd get off and like, I'd go qualify like, you know, good and then get off and get on crutches basically and hang out until I had to go like doctor my foot up and go race again. Like it, it was like, it was, but for, for a good, like eight months, it was hell on earth, dude. Like I couldn't carry a conversation without like stuttering and twitching. Like and I was down to like 135 pounds, which I'm like a dude that if I don't diet and I'm walking around, I'm 190 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, dude, fuck that's heavy, bro. Do people really know this shit? No, I lived in a hospital bed in the bottom of my, like in my downstairs for like months in, in a hospital bed like in a hot like dude it was really it was not it wasn't cool how many people were like there for you through like did people really I had a couple of buddies you know like i had some people that would stick through i mean i had because that's that's what's gnarly like when you get in those situations and yeah. then like you've got a lot of people around you and then something like that happens and then you don't have as many and that's like that i think that can fuck with your head a lot too a lot of people i mean dude like brian deegan came and see me in the hospital before i even knew brian really and i mean like matto would come see me here you know like and hang out and like i had a lot of like you know dudes that i looked up to would you know they would even reach out to me and then i had my good friends that would still stick around a lot of them went missing which that's cool like, yeah, I, I don't, some people don't like want to be around, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to be around that all the time. You know, if it's your buddy, you try to help him out. But like, I understand both sides of it, mm. but yeah, definitely. Like you went from having like your party buddies, they like, they aren't around no more. Mm. And then your real buddies stick around, you know, like if you're having a good time and having people over like those dudes, they, they started thinning out mm. when it got heavy, but that's, that was good though. You know? Yeah. I was going to say like, so, I mean, as fucked up as it is, like sometimes it's good to like thin out the herd a little bit especially it's like you you go from being like a dude making that much money and like it's so easy to have for those people to like want to be around you and then it's like you go through something like that dark like that's fucking i didn't know it's that bad like i heard it was bad but i didn't know it was that bad like that's fucking gnarly yeah i mean i had to go through about like eight surgeries and then what was really fucked up is my when i first came back my first race back i wasn't near ready but i could have made the main right and then, you know, I qualified, I think 20th or something, but I like, I'm taught it was really bad. Like I really couldn't walk. Like I was, like, it, it was, it was dumb that I even tried to race, but I get a like good jump and I come into the first turn and Villapoto overshot the turn and smashed right into me. And then my foot got stuck in between his, his frame and my frame and shattered my heel on my bad foot. And I didn't even feel it. I kept riding. And then I just, wow. kept, like, cause I couldn't, I still don't feel my foot. Like I don't have. Like if I stepped on a frying pan right now, I would smell it before I'd hear it or like <laughs> feel it. Yeah. Holy fuck, bro. It's, yeah. But I, you know, I've just learned to adapt to it and just don't really think about it anymore. Dude, that's so hectic to go through. Like that whole, like that whole shaking thing. Like, man, I can imagine the fucking darkness that that would have felt like. I mean, I used to just sit there and just pray, like, just like, if you're here, listen to me, like, just do something for me like I am li- like I feel like just I would just sit like every day just like just by myself just you're not even crying anymore you're just like just drained 
and you know and I would just like dream and just pray of like the day that I could be able to walk again and then like as that was starting to come around then I'm like dreaming and I'm praying about the day that oh man what if I could ever ride a dirt bike again and like race again so like for me all my prayers have really been answered except for it just took way more work it wasn't yeah. like I woke up like you know yeah. see I can't snap my fingers I did that <laughs> with my mouth I didn't just wake up and everything's fixed it just took it was like a process of years and years until I finally was like happy again and like pumped on pumped on it it was like i had some dark times and uh dude like having to go to a hotel to like get off like meds that's like that's deep like you've had to go through some shit to get to a point because it's like no one wants to be dependent on a painkiller like that literally no one wants to fucking have that thing to go through so it's like to go through that and to know that shit's bad and to know that that's your only option it's like that's a fucking gnarly deal I was starting to get temperamental I seen like the signs in myself that I seen in you know through bad examples and so even though I could still get stuff from the doctors like I just knew like hey th- th- like this ain't I gotta give something else a try so that was your call yeah like it wasn't anyone else around no you. no and then like I went to Dr. G yeah and so I went to this got this like went to it was like a best western or something down the street from him and just checked in for a week and left left all the painkillers at home left everything at home and just was like I'm gonna hang out here and I'm gonna just I like would live at Dr. G's all day and then I'd just get up or like you know I'd just go bounce back and forth between his and the hotel like the whole week until then like I was you know I just kept myself busy enough and had luckily had a guy like him to help me through it and be you know supportive and try to guide me because everybody else like yeah you're never gonna feel your foot again just get used to it like which like you know doctors are kind of right like but they're like you're never gonna walk you're never gonna do this like you're never you're just get used to being this way and dr g is like no no just you know keep doing this try this see if this works and although i never you know got full recovery like just that much of just putting effort into it for like two years three years with his help i mean dude the guy hooked me up and helped me through so much stuff and i mean I can't think that guy enough. He's a special dude, man. I didn't have... I, I never had... Fuck, I probably would have said 10 words to that dude the whole time I lived in America. Like, he just wasn't around any of the guys that I was around. And the guy... Like, he was around Robbie a lot. But, like, not when I was around him. But, man, the way people talk about Dr. G is, like... he's He must be, like, a pretty special dude. He's a great guy. I mean, he's uh he's just a good person, you can tell. I mean... He's like, yeah, he's just a really nice dude. He, he means well. He's smart. And he, yeah, he's like, I really owe that guy like the biggest debt of gratitude for all the help he did, for all, all the things he did for me. He's a good dude. And he does with a lot. I mean, you can see he's helping out like Justin Mulford right now a lot. And like, yeah. he's doing, like, he helps dudes that are down and out like with, with, with injuries. And he's got a lot, you know, just, maybe he's just, it's, it's almost like a mentor th- type thing too. He's really yeah. good to be around. It's good positive energy. I like him a lot. If you ever struggling with something and you're in California, like that's find that guy. Yeah. Dude, that yeah, that's crazy. Well man, i yeah, we definitely won't take up too much. I appreciate we just did two and a half hours. Um, dude, you've got a fucking gnarly story, bro. And like from day one of starting this thing, you're a guy I wanted to get on because like we never really had that much to do with each other at all we've crossed paths a few times but it's cool like sitting here talking to you like i've watched your stuff and we you know we've crossed paths a few times but i feel like i know you more than i know you just from that and that's yeah. cool yeah no just, it was always a thing like 
And dude, you're a guy that I judged when I was like deep in the scene. I was like, fuck this dude. Like, I wish that he would like do good, you know, like when you'd hear like the, the, like the crazy shit that you get in trouble. Like I was one of those guys that would like listen to that stuff and be like, well, not like a, not like a leaving comments version of a hater, but like, you know what I mean? You like it, get it together. Yeah, guy. I'm like, like, why the fuck? Like, what, what are you idiot. doing? Yeah, like yeah. I was that dude, you know. But like to hear Weren't that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but to like, but to sit here and and like hear your story and stuff, and like it kind of makes sense the way that you know the way that it plays out. Like you got given fucking millions of dollars as a kid that come from like super humble beginning with young ass parents. Like, like, dude shit fucking plays out the way it plays out for a reason you know like you can look back at it now and be like oh it was fucked up but or I, I did this wrong i fucked that up but it's like dude like you get given cards man and it's like who am i to say that i would have done anything different to you if i had all of your experiences bro you know what who knows i mean i like i said i wish i was smarter i wish i did things different but man i've lived it awesome like i really is i've had the highest peaks and the lowest valleys and i mean what would would it be cool if i just cruise right around down i was the gonna middle? say there's nah, something it wouldn't have been yeah there's something to be there's something to be said about experiencing that much of what life has to offer and now i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and go whoop everybody's ass again and we're just gonna be like whoosh, right back up drop the mic son. <laughs> we out that's uh josh hill everybody thanks for doing it bro i really appreciate you thank you legend dude Fuck yes.